What's up, queens and scrotes? The negative value males, the low value males, the high value males. Should such a thing exist? Uh, welcome back to an all new episode of the female dating strategy stream presented by low value male. Um, I hope, all, I hope we're all having a lovely Sunday. Uh, I am a little under the weather. I feel like I've been sick for a fucking month. I feel like I just, whenever I feel like I'm about to not be sick, then boom, they pull me back in again. Um, but welcome everybody uh, to an all new episode. We have episode 57 and 58 of the female dating strategy uh, podcast on deck for today slowly but surely we're catching up um, so I appreciate you all joining with me today um, if by the way just uh, last week if you missed the bathhouse we, we had to abruptly cancel it it was um, I had a bunch of messages about that apologize the bathhouse the nature of the show is such that uh Sometimes that's just going to happen. The gr the green room is very small. It was packed full of people. They were, everybody was partying, kind of partying, and it just would not have been able to do. Um, I didn't want to cancel it, but it's not going to be the first time that's going to happen. Uh, so anyways, I apologize for that. Of course, if you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash mail or locals or, you know, just all the places that... Um, allow this kind of thing and then as always i'm going to give away a channel membership at 100 likes smash that like button hit the old like arena sorry you always have to listen to me sounding kind of sickly but that's just how it is how it is let's hope it's not going to stay that way uh but we are back we're back all right so i don't think i have anything to get out of the way uh let's just let's just get down to it the last couple episodes were, were, were pretty solid um, the ones that we have on deck for today, can these, this is the, the one that we have first up, can these 36 questions make you fall in love with anyone? Sounds like some pickup artist shit, doesn't it? Kind of does. Uh, the second episode, which is episode 58, which I'm, could be a, a skip. We'll leave it up to the people as always, whether or not we skip. Uh, it's about the great slap debate. So this is where we're at, just in case you're wondering. So the next episode is going to be about, uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Uh, and then after that, should we skip that is 40 years a neat N E E T reflections of a stay at home son. Does anybody know what an N E E T means? I'm looking it up. Not in education, employment, or training. Uh, it's used by the government to describe a young person who is no longer in school, does not have a job, or is not training to do a job somewhere. Okay. We're learning stuff. We learn stuff on this this show. This show is not just about listening to these hens clucking away. It's about learning. We learn things. We don't want to learn things. Uh, someone says, hello from Asia. It's racist, but hi. Um, all right. We're going to... We're going to fire this bad boy up. Um, again, please just like the stream. There's uh, about 70 of you watching. Only 27 likes. If you want to be able to use those fun little uh, emojis that they have kicking around, 
that you see people using, like the hen or Al Bundy's face, you can win access to that. Smash the old like arena button. Or if you're listening to this, because some people listen to this show because they fucking hate their lives. They don't even get the camaraderie of the live group chat. They just listen to this. You might be at the gym right now or you're driving because you're a psycho. But again, just, you know, leave a review, all that stuff. It helps. It helps. It does. Okay. Enough clucking of my own. Let's get down to it. Episode 57 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Can these 36 questions make you fall in love with anybody? What's up, Queens? What's up, Queens? What's Welcome up, to Queens? the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And as always, we're on one and a quarter speed. It's weird. Different weeks, it sounds faster. Sometimes, like, this now sounds like one and a half speed to me, but it's one and a quarter speed. Uh, let me just confirm that. Yeah, it is. But it sounds faster to me. I don't know why. But what is up, Queens? Uh, let's get to it. And I'm Lilith. All right. So today we're going to discuss an article that we came across in The Guardian. It was originally published in The New York Times, actually. Sorry. Was it? Yeah. So we're pulling it from The Guardian because it's not behind the paywall. So, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's a list of 36 questions. And it was first published in 1997 in an academic paper by psychologist Arthur Aaron under the title, The Experimental Generation of Interpersonal Closeness, a Procedure and Some Preliminary Findings. So the questions appeared in the appendix along with instructions that the team had given each pair a list of questions and that they were supposed to work their way through the questions in order, asking and answering all 36 questions over the period of about an hour. And then six months later, two of the participants were married to one another. So basically, there's these 36 questions. And the theory, at least, is that if you ask these questions to somebody, that you'll fall in love. And me, I've always been very skeptical of this, mainly what? because I was reading through these questions. And I'm like, if I were to ask this on a date, it would just feel really forced and weird. And secondly, if they gave the wrong answer, I'd probably next them. So I'm skeptical. So we're going to break down these questions from the FDS perspective and probably answer it ourselves and maybe you'll fall in love with us no okay yeah <laughs> well i will oh, say i don't think these you. are like first date questions i think they're meant to be asked whilst you're dating because i've done like whilst she just she, she just uses i like that about the breath she just uses whilst exercise with a guy i was dating at the time it would but it definitely wouldn't be appropriate to do it on a first date definitely not yeah not ask all 36 questions on the first date that would be really yeah. weird maybe ask one or two of them on the first date and then trickle it throughout the time that you're getting to know them but again if they gave the wrong answer to any of these questions i'd be like mm. yeah mm. but it can be really insightful though especially if you're trying to ascertain compatibility although you do need to take some of the answer with a pinch of salt especially if it's around the questions relating to values because they might doctor the answers a bit to sound a bit better than they are yeah and i'm trying to figure out are they trying to say oh they're gonna lie fall in love with you or is it well supposed to like screen out people who are incompatible with you because those are two different things true they're over selling that makes look if a guy wants to smash he's going to answer these questions however he thinks is required to get what he wants someone fall in love with you with these questions <laughs> but just as an aside though as well i've just been reading the abstract of the actual study and it said that the first study found that there was greater closeness after completing the task but the second and third studies found no significant closeness effects so the, the participants in the second and third studies didn't actually get closer so after. i'm right to be skeptical then, right? yeah Okay. Yeah. Right. I think it's almost like a love is blind. Like, in 97, love is blind, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> also, if you're watching this, you're not a subscriber to my YouTube channel, do me a favor. Just hit that subscribe button. So should we jump into the questions? There's three sets of 12. Yeah, let's jump in. So we're going to do part one that's going to oh, be set Oh, God. One. So who wants to read this? Okay, so set one. 
uh, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Now, if he says the Marquis de Sade, just cut and run, dump, Adolf run, Hitler. Very, very and fast away. Yeah, what would be some red flag dinner guests? I don't know, Elon Musk. Stalin, yeah. Elon, Elon Musk, Musk, Donald Trump. I was going to say <laughs> Joseph Stalin. Kanye West. <laughs> uh, literally any shitty man, Hitler. Interesting. Almost any politician, to be honest. This is before Kanye went crazy, too. <laughs> Would be a red flag. I'm trying to think if there's like any politician who they could say that I wouldn't be alarmed at on some level. Mm -hmm. Maybe like Abraham Lincoln or something. Yeah, okay. I'd be Mm, okay with that. Yeah. But I'm like, anybody else? I'd also be suspicious if he was saying, if he was like, oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I'd be like, are you saying that because you actually believe it or because it's just what you think I want to hear kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, if a guy says Ruth Bader Ginsburg as any person that he could have dinner with, yes, he's lying. True. I'm gonna text my boyfriend this question right away and see what he says. Actually, ask him like who who you would have as a dinner. I guess it could be both living and alive. So I'm wondering if he picks anybody with a, a specific political angle. Even if you said like Karl Marx or someone else, I think just picking someone from a political angle to me would be like okay, this is a guy that's going to download all his opinions to me for the next 40 or 50 minutes. Honestly, if a guy said Karl Marx, I'd probably want to fuck him more, to be honest, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah, I think it depends on the rationale because I've actually thought about this question myself and because I was like super into Russian history, I would definitely want to interview like one of like, you know, that maybe like the last, like, for example, Tsar and Tsarina. Like I'd love to interview them or sit down with them. I mean, not so much because I agree with their philosophy, but more to understand their thought process as to why they went down the path of self- Why they made the decisions that they did. Yeah, it's like, because sometimes it can be like- Probably have you- killed mid mid uh curiosity thing not necessarily because you agree with them but it also depends on the rationale but i would definitely probably have like zarnica as a second or the zarina alexandra i would have the zarina definitely have the zarina (laughs) he says jesus you should also run if he says jesus i'm definitely gonna nope the fuck out as well (laughs) he's like i want to talk to our lord and savior (laughs) the prophet muhammad (laughs) <laughs> okay, should we, should we each answer like our actual answer? So Savannah answered her question. I would say Queen Elizabeth I, Eleanor of Aquitaine, Catherine the Great, Queen Nzinga of Ndodongo and Matamba. I don't know, literally any base queen of history. I feel like I would pick someone who is very, very good at- The queen's a- picking queens, all right? That's on brand. And then like, <laughs> retroactively try to make myself rich, right? Like, if I- <laughs> think of myself doing like because i'm like i guess with the internet you can pretty much look up everything you ever really wanted to know about most people but no it's more about the discussion the conversation right like who would i want to have a discussion with i'd want to talk to the base queens of history because i want to know their strategy i want to know how they did what they did and why so that i can be more like them you know yeah a lot of history is actually very misogynistic and leaves out women right history is very got their actual perspective out there or you know their perspective is only written about from outsider perspective i'd like to know i'd like to like really pick their brain you know what i mean yeah i guess if there's some kind of or art history is very troubling art or that you've read that was really influential that i could see wanting to talk to that person. jk rowling <laughs> yeah talk to that person and really understand their thought process and how they built their philosophy or the world if it was like a, a fictional book like jk rowling but yeah i guess yeah someone who's dead who has a book that i like but i can't think of anybody right now so <laughs> you can't think of one dead person with a book you like <laughs> okay Ooh. so moving on to question two uh, would you like to be famous if so in what way i want to be more famous Rihanna or nothing else. Not famous what? at all. <laughs> I mean, but just in the context of men, though, this is a very good question, actually. The checks would be a nightmare if they had 
proper fame because Ooh. there are some men Terrors. who they might and i've seen this this happen both in my own life and in the stories of you know mm. women online um, how do you say it they're almost like the hollywood actor waiting in the wings like they're just waiting <laughs> for their big break in hollywood you know whilst they're not doing i mean whilst they don't even live in los angeles the term she was whilst a lot that's Los angeles for example so if he does want to achieve a level of fame you know it's up to you how you feel about that but he has to be actively you know on track to doing that so if he wants to be an actor he should be auditioning he should you know be for example living there not be having delusions of grandeur like her dear friend on the neat episode um you know hoping to make it big one day without actually putting in any effort um i don't understand what's going on are these not in order because they just referenced um an episode that we're doing but it says it was uploaded later all right i don't know because they just brought up the neat episode that we're doing but that episode was from eight months ago this is older this is from nine months ago so, so maybe so, they, maybe they batch record but even then like even if they are putting in a lot of effort into becoming famous i'd still probably side eye someone like that it also depends on what they want to be famous for as like an entertainer you know i would not want to honestly if a guy's not currently a famous actor so- i just want to be the most famous uh feminist podcast reaction streamer celebrity whatever i pro- and he wants to be i probably would just next him because i don't want to be the like forever girlfriend of some want to be musician or whatever yeah and also bear in mind some men they will want to become famous because it will well, they believe it will increase their access to women as well so that's another thing to watch out for i think if anybody chases fame for the sake of fame it's probably a red flag because nowadays there's so many people that are quote famous because of social media there's just tons of these like instagram youtube celebrities that- just go prank your family on tiktok you can be famous pretty much right away etc and they're constantly doing extremely toxic things for attention true so i think that famous for being famous or i just want to be seen types are probably going to veer into the toxic side versus like oh i'm i have a specific skill that i want to showcase to people is probably fine like hey i'm an artist hey i'm a a rapper hey i yeah hey act etc like if they want to be famous for being good at something then i see that as less of a red flag than people that just chase fame yeah don't want to be i'm very uh skeptical in all the like the couple vlogs and couple youtube channels because they're always toxic Shout out Jeffo DeBear and Colonel Sanders, founding members. Like half the reason people watch it is because the couples are the family vloggers are toxic as fuck. Yeah, they're toxic, right? So, oh my god, yeah, that's where I'm like, mm, because everybody yeah. wants to be famous oh nowadays. God, you're yeah. seeing what's happening to the people that want to be famous above all else, and it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, it de- I guess it depends what they want to be famous for. Like, so if I was on a date with a guy who's like an engineer or something, and he's like, oh, I want to be a really famous engineer. I want to like come up with a really unique name. The most famous engineer. I don't I don't know if I can name one engineer design for something and be known for that. I think that's more okay. Or, or you know, say you want to date with someone who's an architect and he's like, oh, I want to be like Eric Anderson. I want to be a famous architect kind of thing. But, you know, that's good. I think that's good to be ambitious and to want to be like the best of your industry. Right. But again, yeah, if it was someone like, oh, yeah, I want to be famous for the sake of being famous or I want to become like a meme or something. I don't know. That just seems kind of useless. Like, I don't know. I'd be suspicious of that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for me personally, I don't know. My views on fame like if if i were to answer that question i used to want to be famous but like i, I don't know if n- especially with the podcast and everything and like again i'm like not i mean especially with all the crazy shit you say online you you not only do you can you not be famous you can't even just give your real name even close to being a celebrity at all i'm like not even a b-list or you are us d-list celebrity i'm like a z-list celebrity i have like what three thousand followers on twitter but even with Hell that amount yeah, yeah but you yeah. have confidence thank you <laughs> but no even with that even with that tiny tiny amount of like again air quotes fame it's like it makes me a little bit sad sometimes when i talk to women in like twitter spaces or in like the book club some women will say like oh i'm just working up the courage to talk to you and for any of you ladies listening in if i ever have the opportunity to talk to you in real life or one-on-one on a phone call like please don't like think that way about me like i'm just like a really normal person i just want to talk to you like a normal person like it kind of makes me a little bit sad honestly when women are like scared to talk to me because they think 
I don't know what they think, but I don't, I don't know. I just, I wish I could talk to people who listen to the podcast. Is this a thing happening or are people like afraid to talk to? Cats, like they're just a normal friend. You know what I mean? Being on a pedestal can be uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. And it's probably uncomfortable for most people unless they're a raging narcissist, right? Like <laughs> on some level. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a very normal person. Please talk to me like I'm a normal person. I... Rose normal, everybody. You heard it here first. She puts her pants on. One leg at a time. Except all of your adulation. I revel in it. And like I said, I want to be Rihanna or nobody else, though. Like, I want to just, yeah. No, I don't like to be worshipped by women. I like to be worshipped by men only, okay? Because I see women as my equals. But when again, when we have, like, male fans who are like, oh, my God, Lilith. I'm like, okay, this is good. You don't have male f- Guys, uh, there's some guys in the chat who are pretending to be male fans. They like to be put on a pedestal by men, but with women, I, you know, we're all on the same level. We're all equals. We're all in the same tribe. With men, no, you are beneath me. You should worship me. <laughs> but that being said about, I mean, if we, you know, I'm just going to loosely like equate, for example, uh, like wanting to become famous with being successful because they often come hand in hand and always. I think if you have a desire to be known for something, because I don't really count the, that the social media famous for being famous thing as actual, like a contribution to society. I'm um, just like Rose said. But if you want to be known for something, say like a podcast or your art or whatever and you tell your partner that even if uh, they're uh, 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 and not like on board with it as in you know they may not want to be you know famous in their own right or famous with you they should still support you as well and be happy for you and not try and pull you down 10 pets because my partner's the same he's very very quiet introverted wait she has a partner now what excuse me what what she just dropped casually like on episode 57 she's got a partner not worth mentioning at any point. It was never mentioned. He's happy to be in the background, doesn't really like talking about, you know, things publicly, but he's never been like, you know, you're never going to... What? <laughs> what? Hello? What? Is this me? Yeah, he's actually been the opposite. They should support you like where they can, I think. Yeah, your partner should want you to be successful. I could see not wanting necessarily your partner to be famous because that also puts a big screw on you, right? If your partner's yeah. really famous, but they shouldn't obviously sabotage you and if you become famous, they'll have to either figure out how to adjust or move. But yeah. I, I guess I feel the same way about female dating strategy in general. Like I I would want this to be successful, but I don't necessarily feel like I personally need to be famous, right? And that's because- Well, you won't because you're, again, you guys are all anonymous. You're more yeah. looking at the impact, the positive impact on society. Um, and then, you know, just getting- paid for your labor that you're putting in but it's not like I what about you get paid for that emotional labor though by the way hit that like button we got 47 more likes i'll give away a scrote everyone to think that i'm personally the best thing that's ever happened to humanity you know so question three before making a telephone i can't believe she just casually drops that she's got a partner just it's never come up Ever. Like, was that an accident? Is she like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that? Cool. Do you ever rehearse what you were going to say? Do you think maybe the three of them, they go on like a triple like kind of vacation where they all bring their partners? I thought they were all single. And if so, why? No, well, that's weird. Why would you do that? I don't get it. Um, it depends what okay. it is, really. It really, it really, depends. really depends. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it depends on the conversation to me. Like, if I'm going to be having, I think, a more challenging conversation, I do like to make notes of what I'm going to say, whether that's to my family, to my partner, just so I have a bit of structure. Because I structure? sometimes find it very difficult to talk about my personal feelings. So I just like to have it written down somewhere in like bullet point form, just so I can cover everything that I need to say in a way that I want to say it. So sometimes is my answer. These days, 
if I'm calling anyone on the telephone outside of my family, it's a pretty special event, right? Like, it's because of texting. So it's probably something that's more formal, like a job interview or uh, pitching something to somebody. So then I probably write, yeah, like you said, just write down a few bullet points so I can keep myself focused and on track. And also, if you're following FDS, I generally like to have a few things I definitely want to touch on with someone who I'm talking to on the phone if I'm doing a pre-screen. Like let the yes, conversation yeah. kind of go naturally, but also like have in the back of my mind or somewhere. I mean, don't be sitting there like crossing shit off a list like a weirdo, but like, you know what I mean? Like, especially if you're talking to a lot of guys, like just give yourself, oh, this is the guy that had the, the dog in the picture or something so you can remember and then keep yourself on track and then also hit the stuff you want to talk about so you don't like- get, I don't, Are they talking about doing this like on an actual date? Caught up in the moment and then don't uh, actually vet the guy properly. So I, I'm a fan of pre-rehearsing certain aspects of- phone calls both to save yourself time and also to come off well if you're trying to impress somebody like if you're doing an interview i never rehearse anything ever maybe i should actually start doing that because sometimes (laughs) i do tend to get off track (laughs) but yeah no i like i'm like oh i just like to think on my feet i like to just let the words flow or whatever i don't know i find when i rehearse things in advance i just sound stilted and stuff so i just like to kind of yeah go be improvised and stuff but if i were to ask a man this question and I don't know. What would be the correct answer? I can't think of one. Like I don't even remember what the question is they've been fucking yammering on. I tend to think that if a guy is rehearsing the things that he says, he is going to work on his social skills. There's a person who's put an effort on his social skills. So I think that's a green flag. Yeah. And also, this is also the reason why, generally speaking, being face to face or talking on the phone is better than texting. Because, you know, when you're texting, you have time to think about what you're going to say, whereas... Uh, you know, natural conversations are more organic and they flow better. And, you know, yeah, like Lila said, I would be worried that if he comes across as too rehearsed, it's almost like, uh, you know, I might be thinking, like, did he, like, buy, like, a load of, you know, pickup lines from the red pill? Is this a pickup artist thing? What? Yeah. Romantically, that might be a little bit differently. But, like, on the other hand, sometimes I feel... I love how skeptical they are of just all men, too. People come and they talk to me and they're just completely unprepared for anything. I feel a little bit disrespected, right? Because it's like, hey, and then there's all these, like, lulls in the conversation because they haven't thought of a single... What are they talking about? Are they talking about a date? Or are they talking about... Like, I thought this was around dating, but it sounds like a job. And they expect you to, like, carry everything, carry the entire conversation. Mm. So maybe balance there. Yeah, there's balance, yeah. Yeah, there's a balance there. But it's like, if, you know, like, you know, say, for example, he has a job interview and he doesn't prepare, then yeah, that's going to be like a black mark against him. Or if he says, I just don't prepare, like, for job interviews, because you should. Yeah, the people who are unprepared for job interviews tend to stand out. And It depends what the preparation is, though, okay? <laughs> yeah. So, like, if it, is it, like, researching about the company? Is it, like, you know, practicing, you know, doing role plays so that you're practicing the questions that they might ask, that kind of stuff? That's, like, I see that as, like, you know, good. When I say people don't even remember the things that are on their own resume... Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Lying, right? yeah. Like, yeah, like doing, you know, five to ten minutes to remember what you submitted would be the sign of like you being a socially responsible person. If you have to do that, it means you lied on your resume, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Like maybe they just, yeah, case by case basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use your critical thinking skills to evaluate if his answer sounds sus to you or not. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you listen to this podcast and then you have a job interview at some place and then you go in there and one of them is interviewing you and you're like, where do I know this voice? It sounds so f- so familiar. If he's like trying to come at you with a hard sale, like a pickup artist or um, somebody trying to get you to sign up. For- we need a speed increase. Everybody wants this faster. Really? Oh, man. This, I think it'll be too fast. All right. I'll, 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 uh... All right. All right. You guys want a 1.5? A magazine subscription, then <laughs> abort ship. Yeah. Or abandon ship. Yeah. Abort mission, abandon ship. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question four. All right. What would constitute... I guess that's actually not true. It's a perfect day for you. Mm. Ooh. Should we answer it for us personally? I don't know, because a guy... There's like a million different answers to the question, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
So I don't know. Again, this is one of those like you'd have to use your critical thinking skills to evaluate if his answer is satisfactory to you or not. But for me personally, perfect day, wake up at noon, get up, have coffee, breakfast, spend a good leisurely time making myself like pancakes or waffles or one of my favorite breakfast foods like that. Go to the gym, pump some iron, hit a few PRs, come back, make lunch or dinner, whatever, however long that time is. Uh, At some point during that, probably take my dog out for a long walk, actually, either like before the gym or after the gym. Probably both, actually. Yeah. uh, Go for another walk around sunset and just have a leisurely chill day. That's my perfect day. Yeah. Food, gym, dog. There's not a right answer, but there are wrong answers. What would be a wrong answer to you? Roll over, <laughs> roll over in my bed and play World of Warcraft for 12 hours a day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> jerk off and play Vidya all day. Yeah, jerk off, jerking off, eating tendies, playing Vidya <laughs> is probably a red flag. Vidya? <laughs> or anything that constitutes people doing shit for him above yeah. and beyond. Like, oh, so I want my wife to cook for me, et cetera. Which, okay, if, I guess it's not bad if a guy wants a woman who will cater to him in some way in the sense of like if they like being taken care of. I mean, you guys want dudes who will cater to you nonstop. But if the entire mm. thing is like you doing shit and them not being active participants in their life, I consider that a wrong answer. If he said something like, we wake up together and make breakfast together, that would be yeah, cute. But if he's like, different. I wake up and you make me breakfast exactly. and serve it to me in bed, I'd be like, fuck off, double middle finger to you. And, you know, some guys also say stuff like a perfect, well, well I mean, this was a lot in the BDSM community and I think it might st- extend out. <laughs> I think Savannah's uh, partner is in fucking a dog cage in the other room right now. I know as well. But they would say stuff like free use. Do you know what that is? Oh, basically yeah. Where that. You're like, yeah. Basically where you are sexually available. You're yeah. just like a flashlight that he sticks his dick in whenever. Yeah, whenever he wants. So like, your body is freely available for him to use. A lot of guys said that like in the BDSM community. I hate that fetish so much. If they because... say that, then yeah, run as fast as you can. He's a scrope. I'm porn sick. Yeah, the entire premise of that fetish is that the woman's pleasure doesn't matter at all and that she's literally just a sex object for him to stick his dick in whenever. Yeah. There's so many things I know now that... <laughs> Sorry, bro. Not just because of you, but Reddit in general. And... <laughs> but, yeah. It's like a second puberty being on Reddit when you realize just how it like, is. shit people are. It's <laughs> like people wonder why we go hard. And it's like, man, if you knew the shit that was out there, just spend like 15 minutes on Reddit. <laughs> I, I think my perfect day would be doing something new I'd oh, never done before or traveling mm-hmm. someplace I'd never traveled before nice. and like yeah I love brunch you need to start every perfect day with brunch yes yes. yes I think brunch is the perfect meal because it's not quite lunch not quite breakfast so you can have protein and fresh fruit and it doesn't you know you have something sweet or savory all you can eat brunch where you don't have to cook it yourself that's like yes good. yeah and you can get that at a hotel right so if you're traveling you can go to the hotel have brunch then go out and sightsee all day I really love seeing like historical buildings and stuff like that so to me mm. a really stimulating day would be going somewhere where I could tour a new city I'd never been before and just like learn about a bunch of new stuff i'm quite the same so that also sounds great yeah i sound the same as right i periodically like to just book like a really 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 swanky hotel for myself and then spend the day exploring the city and feeling like an instagram boss bitch man i feel i feel lame as fuck that my perfect day is going is surrounded by going to the gym now you guys are like worldly (laughs) ladies who want to travel and i'm like no i just want to go to the gym with pr you see that's you see how that's still better than anything coomers can come up with right that's why if you have a lazy answer to this as a man it just is such a red flag yeah you know what also would be a red flag to me by the way, apologies if uh, there's any sort of... I just got some notification on... But I don't know if it's the internet here is bad or what, but hopefully it's not uh, janky at all. Is if the man was like, I wake up at 5 a.m., I take a cold shower, and then I do uh, 15 minutes of meditation. I'm in confidence, my bitch! Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the, the hyper-productivity guys. If, they, if, yeah. if they're basically like those like, LinkedIn bros who like make people feel shit if they like stop to take a break. Oh, you don't like that either? What do you like? if you take 10 minutes to like stretch your legs at lunch yeah. <laughs> guys. I get up and I fat shame everyone on the internet <laughs> and then I edit a YouTube video for my channel about my morning routine like yeah, yeah. No, yeah no I hate guys like that you gotta step on confidence and self esteem 
<laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, the hyper productivity guys where it's like he's got every minute of his day scheduled out right until yeah. nighttime, including sex. He's like, are you still sleeping? Are you yeah. lazy? That's why you're never going to get ahead. <laughs> you deserve everything that happens to you. <laughs> I literally sleep four hours a night and I schedule exactly 10 minutes for sex with my wife and not a minute more. 10 minutes? That's, takes... That's a lot. For me to come and no foreplay. I'm microdosing coffee. I'm microdosing mushrooms. I'm microdosing LSD. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck those guys. Okay. Yeah. That's also um, probably, yeah, not great. This episode is sponsored by Anna Luisa Jewelry. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. Hey, Queens. Mother's Day is around the corner. With a malachite pendant. Make your mom's day. Uh, when did you la- uh, when did you last sing to yourself? To someone that'll be one piece for her and one piece for you. So question five. Sorry. Uh, when did you last sing to yourself? To some- when did you last sing to yourself? This is one of the questions that make you fall in love with anybody. Just asking, when did you last sing to yourself? Someone else. Okay, I will admit I'm confused by this question. Every day, I sing to myself and to my dog all the time. That's adorable. I love it. I make up little songs every day and sing it to my doggy. I don't That's know so why. cute. Yeah. I, okay, I do sing, but like not often. And also, okay, not gonna lie, one of my pet peeves is people who sing in public. Like that's fine to sing in your own. Is there like a right answer to this thing? Home or in the shower, whatever. That's fine. But if I'm in public and someone is just singing, I just look at them like, are you mentally ill or something? Like maybe. This oh, is you would not like New York City, lady. Just like PTSD from when I, mean, I was. What do you mean by singing in public? Do you mean people on the street who sing in public? Like no busking, that's fine. I mean just like people sitting on like the fucking oh, bus who just okay. decide to sing. Like you know, just in public, like they're not buskers, they're just randomly singing. Or like this goes all the way back to when I was in theater. I was a theater kid, right? And so I did musicals, right? Like I sang in musicals, but there was always that one group of theater kids where they just break in a fucking Les Miserables song like randomly <laughs> like they just be, like why do you hate Joy Lilith <laughs> <laughs> I don't know they would just piss me off and that's the thing it's, this is a uniquely theater kid thing to do is to just break out into song randomly in public during your day and think that other people are going to be impressed because other people are not impressed by the way other people are just annoyed and they think you're a fucking narcissist anyways that's just I mean, me I don't think you're a narcissist I think you're a fucking loser <laughs> I don't mind if a guy does this especially if he's like really enthusiastic about music I mean I've, I've dated guys like this where they just they randomly quote rap lyrics they'll just be on their phone and then suddenly rapping or singing a song. I don't know. It doesn't bother me. That's another thing. Is I've dated guys who were musicians and they would just, maybe I'm a horrible person, but there have been men who wrote songs for me or about me. And I just, for some reason, felt extremely disgusted and annoyed. And I just... Lilith! Lilith! I don't hate joy. It's just like, first this of all, is one and a half speed, everybody. We're not going faster than this. I don't think my computer can handle it. Most of the time, their lyrics would be like sexual. So it'd be like something, something, the magic between your thighs or whatever. Like that kind of stuff. Oh, that kind of gross shut me up. That's off-putting. For and sure. also would be like way too early in the relationship. So if he did it when we'd been dating, you know, you know, um, in, like Mallory, when Sal sang to Mallory, I thought that was kind of cute because it's sort of like funny in a way. But like there have been times where a man sang to me like a really like serious love song and we've been dating like two, three weeks. And I'm like, too much too soon, buddy. Like that's just, I don't know. It feels like they're just trying to create accelerated intimacy or something. Yeah. And it just makes me uncomfortable. Feels manipulative. Yeah, it feels emotionally manipulative. But yeah, but maybe I do just hate joy. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Singing for a woman is now emotionally manipulative. Manipulative. I I think that's fair because I think there's a difference between like a casual singer or a casual rapper and then like someone who makes this like a formal thing where it's part of their personality right yeah they expect you to sit down and like clap for them and stuff and that's the other thing is if i don't i, ha- I feel like i have to sit there and be like wow amazing jeremy what a wonderful song you're so great and i don't like that pressure okay yeah i don't like to feel like i have to give compliments especially if i feel like they don't deserve it or if the song is bad and i didn't like it the other thing is that with these men if i did- do you feel like you deserve unnecessary compliments i bet you do have that like over the top positive reaction if i was like kind of like um thing <laughs> cool if i gave like a normal reaction like one that felt natural to me they'd be like they'd blow up they'd be like oh my gosh you didn't like it and like yell at me for not being grateful or whatever and i'm like i don't like this mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and 
more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay. So again, I think the whole like not liking people who sing in public or not liking people who sing to me is just like a PTSD thing uh, because of the <laughs> because of the times in the past. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm falling in love with all three of them right now. Listening to their answers to these questions. They're doing it for your enjoyment. They're doing it for validation. So it's manipulative. Yeah. Or for themselves. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I don't like it. And yeah, the theater kids, they sing in public because they want people to be like, wow, oh my God, you're such a good singer. Like, even why aren't you famous tune, already? Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> like, I just want to like ignore you and just listen to fucking music on my headphones on Spotify. But yeah. It doesn't bother me. Once again, I'm biased because <laughs> I enjoy just doing it because I'm just- Tell my girlfriend sometimes things. I'll be like, look, I'm just trying to listen to female dating strategy podcast. Can you just shut up? Happy. Like, I feel uh-huh. like I don't necessarily expect anybody to react. And I think that's the difference. I just do it because it makes me happy. But, that's cute, uh, actually. I, yeah. I'd probably be chill with that, especially if people are singing to their dogs. Actually, I think that's adorable. I've had to not do it outside because I forgot. I forgot, like, oh, I'm outside the house. Can't be singing these goofy songs to your dog. And, like, that's so, <laughs> so that's cute. I've forgotten. Like, that's weird. That's awkward for people. Like, but, what's okay, the point of having it. a dog if you don't sing goofy songs to them? Answer it. I don't know. Like, if you were to be like, yes, I sang yesterday for my other girlfriend that I'm dating right now, obviously, red flag. Or if a guy, I guess the question is, when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? Yesterday, I was uh, doing Beyonce. You're off topic. That wasn't the question. Stay with my dog. And I was like, I'll be getting too much puppy. Yeah. Everybody met. <laughs> that's so <laughs> cute. Talking from the block. And I was doing a little dance because that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> Your dog's probably looking at you like, what the fuck? This is my human who chose me. Everybody like, met. Yeah. Oh, that's cute, though. Here's a red flag, actually. Men who say they don't like music. That's always a red flag. There are men out there who are like, oh, I don't like Jeff music. Bezos. Jeff Bezos doesn't like music. I think that person, I think anyone who says that is a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I like love listening- Jeff Bezos. Red flag Bezos. I'm sure music, they use like, Amazon every day. Like when it's like professionally produced, like, you know, like an actual song kind of thing. Acapella just doesn't do anything for me. That's just, I don't know why I'm like that. Uh, sorry, I hate Pitch Perfect. Don't hate me. Don't come at me. There are good acapella groups and then cheesy <laughs> ones. But there are good ones. Like, uh, I was corny. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it depends. But no, um, Jeff Bezos doesn't like music and he realized that it made people look at him like he was a sociopath. So he rehearsed a bunch of uh he rehearsed a list of bands and songs that he likes just so he wouldn't appear like a weirdo but he's come out that he doesn't like music and yeah like, you probably shouldn't have told them that part though because then you just seem even weirder well that's strange yeah, yeah so totally i think not. it's a red flag if a man is too into music or hates music i like a guy that's sort of in the middle. i'm just waiting for them to call jeff bezos a scrote please for the love of god middle, you know like a normal person has a few bands that they like that they listen to yeah that's fine yeah Yes. Anyways. Okay. So, question six. Okay. So, if you were able to live to the age of ninety and retain either the mind or body of a thirty-year-old for the last sixty years of your life, which would you want? Oh, body. Yeah. Hundred percent body. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd want to stay healthy. And what does it mean, mind of a thirty-year-old? Do I want to say immature for the rest of my life? No. The point of growing old is that you learn things and you become wise. Like I would love to be a ninety. Why the fuck would you want a mind of a thirty-year-old and a body of a ninety-year-old? But the body of a thirty-year-old, but like a super wise person. And when they mean mind, do they mean memories, or they just mean like yeah, like you said, wisdom. Because... I'm guessing like the sharpness of like because obviously by the time you're 90, your mind also starts to decline. I don't know about this one actually because I'm not against aging. I actually think it's a very it's a privilege that many people don't get to have. So I've never been about this whole I want to look as young as possible. I think like women as a whole need to reject the narrative that we can't look 30 when we're 30 because you know it's a natural normal you know thing to age in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. Yeah, tell women that. No, I'm thinking of it mostly from the perspective of fitness. It's yeah, not even about too. looks. It's that I want to stay swole well into my old age. <laughs> True. Okay. I don't like as you age, you you lose muscle mass. You get you know you get osteoporosis and stuff like that. I don't want to deal with all of the health problems that are associated with aging. It's not even about aesthetics. It's just about being able bodied and stuff. Right. I don't want the mind of a thirty year old when I'm ninety though. Like, I think that's part of it yeah. for me. I don't know. It's a, a tough one, but I think I would rather go with mind over body personally. I've seen a bunch of old immature people, so I'm like, uh, it's not that uncommon to be physically old and have a young mind or have never matured past a certain point. So I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't like those people. Yeah, I like true. people who are old and wise. And wise. If you're old, be smart. You know, I want to be old and a burden to everyone around me. <laughs> Just annoying. I'm going to pay for everything in pennies. <laughs> pay for a check. I'm going to pay for everything with the most annoying type of tender possible. I'm always going to use self-checkout and be confused by it. 
Like, I'm going to take forever at self-checkout on purpose. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I think a red flag for this, though, would be if he says something along the lines of, you know, I would want to be to have the body of a 30-year-old so I can attract younger women. That's a definite red flag because at fucking yeah. 90 years old, you should still date your age. Yeah, pretty much for all... Wait, but you have a body of a 30-year-old. Imagine you have the body of a 30-year-old and you're like, I'm only into 90-year-olds. That wouldn't make any sense. All these questions, if they turn into something sexual immediately, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? If they don't put any thought and it's a, it's always something sexual in response to this question or something that's going to boost their sexual you know, availability or prowess or ability to get women, then yeah, yeah. bad answer. Yeah. So on to question seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? I mean, if he says because of my heroin habit, then that's probably a red flag. <laughs> what kind of question would this be on a date? Do you have a secret hunch about how you're going to die? Um, death by cop. <laughs> I'm actually. Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. I think I'm gonna die alone in the gutter. Suicide by arm. Then yeah, we're gonna have to demonetize this on YouTube because I made too many drug references this episode. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a secret hunch. I but don't know. I do think it would be not a green flag, but I think it's a positive thing if he's able to talk about death in a mature way. Because I'm actually kind of a morbid person. Like I read autopsy reports in my. <laughs> <laughs> Savannah's morbid person. You say morbid. Their time I watch mortuary videos on YouTube because I just don't know why people are so scared of death because it's going to happen to everyone, right? So if they get very, I don't know, I think you have to have a mature approach to it. So if you can speak about it in a matter of fact way, then I think I would like that. I'm like, hopefully of old age. Yeah. Hopefully of old age, if you're lucky. Yeah. Honestly, like most of the guys that I date, they say like, oh, I'd probably die in like a motorcycle accident or doing something really like dangerous. Oh, or you're so cool. I consider that being less of a red flag, to be honest, because I, that's Lilith, really Lilith, you're so cool. You only date guys who die on motorcycles. And maybe realistic, because a lot of men do die from doing stupid, dangerous shit. Uh, and I'm not the kind of person to be like, no, don't do that, because I do stupid, dangerous shit. But anyways, that's another conversation. Question eight. And name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. Ooh, sometimes they have like a red flag answer to this. Would be... if a guy can't... Who's this question for? Answer this question. That is a big, big red flag because, you know, there are many, many women who are in relationships with men who know nothing about them. As in like, they don't know their middle name, they don't know their hobbies, their favorite color, stuff like that. So birthday, nothing, yeah. yeah, he should be able to articulate the reasons, you know, your commonalities basically, because if he can't, that's a high indicator. Can't? that he's only with you because of what you do for him and not necessarily like because he agrees your commonalities and you know he likes your mind or i don't know your values basically so he should be able to answer this question depending on how long you've been together but you know you know but let's assume that you're several months into the relationship he should be able to answer this question with ease yeah what i would be worried about is men who project personality traits on you that to me is just oh i can already mm. just feel that happening and i'm getting like the hairs on my neck are standing up because i'm like oh i've been with men like that where they describe a whole personality that you don't have and like a whole set of beliefs that you don't have because they project certain traits on you. So I would I would be looking for them projecting personality traits or things like that onto you as far as like, I like you because you're like X and it's not that you're really like that. It's just that like they need that. So they're putting you like, or they'll say something like, um, oh, I like you because you don't criticize me like my last girlfriend or something like that, you know? Yeah. Another one, another red flag answer would be, so it's very common, for example, for narcissistic men at the beginning of a relationship to have this sort of fantasy about how you are as a person. Like men, not just narcissistic men, but a lot of men have this idea at the beginning of the relationship. And, let me, um, and why does he do that? He talks about that as well. How, um, you know, at the beginning of the relationship, they had this fantasy of the ideal woman. And because they don't know anything about you and they haven't bothered to try to get to know you, they just assume that that's what you're like. And then over the course of the well, relationship... Well, it's a fantasy. It's what they're hoping for. Relationship, As you begin to show that you're your own person and not his fantasy, that's when he starts to get angry with you or being abusive because he's like, well, you're not matching up with my fantasy. And he blames that on you rather than his own fantasy. Right. So if I were to ask this question and he were to say something like describing personality traits that are not mine, but are more likely associated with what he considers his ideal woman. Yeah. I would run. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, well, you're blunt like I am what? or something like that. Or, or they're, they're trying to talk about you as an extension of themselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Or the things we allegedly have in common are the things that he likes about himself that he's trying to project on you. 
if you were to say like, oh, I like how we all like, I like how we both have the same hobbies or something like that, or like how we both have similar like political values or something, I would consider, and, and those are actual traits that I have, I would consider that a green flag answer. Yeah. Okay. Question nine. For what in your life do you feel the most grateful? I would definitely give like a Miss World answer. So thanks for my family, friends, career, <laughs> God. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> I am so grateful for my two podcast hosts. No, but actually that's true. That's not even like a fake answer. That's true, yeah. Yeah. For you ladies. So <laughs> I think I'm just happy to have my health. Right. Like, yeah. I think, ooh, I'm trying to think of what a red flag answer would be. So I think in general, if you're just happy, it's showing an attitude of gratitude is in general a positive green flag. I think the yeah. only way you could really screw this question up is if you... I'm really grateful for my mom who serves me hand and foot or something like that. Yeah, is if it's just, if it's like a dig at somebody or if they couldn't name anything. I'm really grateful for Donald J. Trump for making America great again. Is that a good answer? That's the other thing. Or even if they are grateful for someone who does really nice things to them. I don't even see that immediately as a red flag. I'm trying to think of something. If it's a woman, I'd see that as a red flag, but yeah. Yeah, as a woman, if it's a woman doing shit, yeah. It's, I mean, it's certainly better than looking at it as an entitlement, but it's still a red flag that he sort of allows us to go on, especially if he knows it's one-sided. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a case-by-case basis thing. Yeah, I, I'm like, bro, I'd say the thing I'm most grateful about is the fact that I'm just physically, mentally healthy and that I have lots of people in my life who love me and who I love and... Get better, Lilith, with your bout of medical misogyny. Mm-hmm my dog and yeah that's about it actually although i do consider my dog a people sometimes so people (laughs) dogs are people too dogs are people yeah anyways (laughs) question 10 question 10 yeah question 10 if you could change anything about the way you were raised what would it be well this is loaded as fuck (laughs) yeah Uh, i wish i was not raised by a fucking man have you this question and say depending on how long you've been together be very very careful about oversharing um yeah. you don't want to say like even if your parents are trash <laughs> don't tell them your parents are trash because some men they like to they like to target women who they feel don't have strong familial connection so be very careful with this mm-hmm. with how you answer this depending on i have never as a man maybe i'm wrong on this i've never heard of a guy being like yeah i only trying to try to date women who have fucked up family structures like how are you even supposed to know about that how like long you've been in, like together for like make sure he's vetted first before you start yeah like i wouldn't go into like oh i wish my parents weren't narcissists or something like that like i wouldn't say that on a yeah. first date i wouldn't want a man to know that and even if we'd been together a long time i'd probably be very cautious about this i've been asked this question myself and honestly i don't think i'd change anything about the way i was raised even though there were a lot of fucked up things that happened to me when i was a kid and a lot of it was traumatic and shitty and abusive i really like the way that i am now and i've learned a lot from that i've managed to take all those shitty experiences and you know, make a better life for myself. And I think that if, I, if I'd been raised differently, I might have turned out to be a different person. And I mean, yeah. You I don't would. know who that person is, but I'm really happy with how I am. So I don't think I'd change a thing. Honestly. Yeah. I yeah. think that's yeah. a good answer. I think that's a good high value answer for people that come from difficult backgrounds because I've met real high value. Answer I know right a lot of great men who's had very humble and traumatic beginnings. And what has made the massive difference in them, uh, becoming high value whereas a lot of men use as perpetual excuses the lessons they took away from it and the amount of responsibility they took over their own life. So I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think this is a the, the, I don't necessarily think that even if 15 likes everybody 15 more likes I'll give away a channel membership let's get they there. Divulge any type of trauma or anything like that that it's necessarily bad and I don't necessarily think you should automatically judge everybody by how their parents are especially if they're aware that they come from a fucked up circumstance um but how he answered that's going to change that that's going to determine whether it's a red flag or green flag if he's still blaming his parents for everything that's ever happened to him and he's like 35 yeah that's not good but a guy that's like man this happened this happened it really made me feel this way I dedicated my life to building a better family for myself or whatever else and these are lessons i took away and this is how i'm building my future for it and i think that's fine i think that's actually a, a massive green flag because you can see that this is a person who's taken away lessons and is willing to work on himself and has worked on himself also i'm really proud of the fact that you know women send me dms on twitter on reddit is this the- just this this whole episode is just about them patting themselves on the fucking back what does this have to do with dating saying like oh i really relate to what you said um about you know your parents or about you know the trauma that you went through and it really inspired me to do this this go to therapy break up with my abusive boyfriend yada 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 kind of thing i really am proud of myself for the fact that so many women have taken my writing or taken the podcast and you know made a better life for themselves or have you know 
I like the fact that talking about my trauma has helped women with their trauma. And so if I hadn't been through that trauma, I might not have been able to help those women, right? And so in a fucked up kind of way, I'm almost like glad that all those fucked up things happened to me because like by Jesus. processing it with other women, we're all You're basically Jesus Christ. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know if I have a contrarian opinion, but I wish some of the shit that happened to me had happened. <laughs> True. Maybe let's just cope. Maybe that's just me being no, like, wow, I, a lot of fuck no, up no, shit no. happened to me, but I'm telling myself it's good. But it's like 50-50 though. So I definitely see your perspective because there's some things where I'm like, man, I'm definitely a different person because this happened, but I'm so much the lesson there, right? It, it all comes yeah. down to the lesson um, when it comes to like, like I was like, oh, my parents were abusive and that's just made me fucked up for life. And now I'm permanently traumatized and I can never do anything with my life because of this kind of thing. I'd be like, really? Yeah, it's the random shit that gets me. It's the random shit that makes me like, damn, what did I do to deserve this? You know, just like shaking my fist at the universe, you know? True. But then you realize like sometimes things are in your past because they do help you learn. And they well, help you, you guys want to skip this? We're, we're like almost done. Everybody's saying to skip this now. We're like, I'm seeing all the skip. Uh, oh, no, that's just Glock him down. Let's skip this. No, a couple of you. We're almost done. I'm like, well, that was random as fuck, and that sucks. And all I can do is just. Pick I up. mean, the horrible thing is that there's two more episodes. I guess they're only going to do twelve of these questions. Got my stuff and pick myself yeah. up, find my bootstraps, and keep going. But I'm like 50-50 on that one. But definitely see your perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think for me, this question, if you asked me this maybe like five years ago, um, I would have probably five had a different answer to everything. Ago. But <laughs> as my parents have sort of, because especially in African households, you grow up believing that like, your parents are like a god that they can do no wrong. But as I've become an adult and my parents have started to realize that they don't have to be perfect for me and that they are human and that they make mistakes i could they have done things differently yes but i do believe that they did the very best they could with the knowledge that they had at the time and you know i extend that grace to myself when i mess up so why wouldn't i extend it to them was my childhood perfect absolutely not mm -hmm. and they in hindsight they could have done you know things a lot better but they still did the best they could i think well your parents yeah. are the global standard it's actually really really unusual you know what i mean <laughs> like cause my parents are like that too but it's like i think it's actually really unusual to have, um, I am not telling them that ever. <laughs> it seems mostly a Western white phenomenon uh, to have parents that Ugh, more or less people. treat you as uh, a, your own person, first of all, not like an immediately extension and reflection of them. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I don't know how to like describe it, but like different from like, the, yeah. like your parents aren't infallible. Like there's not, there's not instilling that like authority is automatically to be respected or that your parents are infallible. So it's not as authoritarian in Western culture, like modern Western culture as it is in other parts of the world, which is a standard is pretty authoritarian. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, Eleven, take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think no. it depends. If someone asked me for my life story, I'd be like, you get to learn that over a long period of time in increments. I'm not going to tell you the Cliff Notes version of my life story. Fuck you for even asking me that. If someone asked me that, I'd be offended. Like, honestly. Like, it's a long, winding, harrowing tale. Let's just hear the whole life and just <laughs> Of treachery and pop. deceit. You know? Who wants to hear that? You know, like, oh yeah, God. I think it would be, again, I think this is good because it forces people to make choices about what they highlight about themselves. Also, what are you going to do to set a timer? The choice, the choice you would have to make about the sort of things you would tell people as a defining part of yourself would say a lot about who you are. So I think this is True. a good exercise. Like if you were like, mm. if it was nothing but all the things that happened to you and you were like straight in victim mode all the time, um, then you would you would maybe make the assessment that this person has not had a chance to heal from whatever's going on and that would maybe affect your ability to or affect the way that you relate to them or maybe you'd have to change the way you relate to them if they were only talking about their I, I know i conquered everything i've never failed then you'd be like this person's a raging narcissist you know if, especially like guys who feel like they're quote self-made and they started on th third base those guys are the worst because i've you know if, you, if i talk to a guy and he's like well first i went to this ivy league school and then i conquered this thing and i'm a self-made man and he doesn't have any self-awareness about certain things that gave him uh, privileges over others and i would consider that to be a guy who just likes to brag and boast and hype himself up larger than he actually is i don't know I, th I feel like a good answer in a guy would be just like a sort of normal like well i was raised in this town and my parents raised me to be this way and then i went to this school and i studied this and then i started this job at here and then we did this and this and this and then blah blah blah, blah. that would i would consider a pretty green flag answer just like listing barbara the walters the story. but if a guy was like first of all like Maybe the reason why I have my backup so much about this question is because if I told the actual truth of what happened, it would be like way oversharing, mm. like a lot of information that I'd rather just keep to myself kind of thing. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I don't like to be put in a situation where I feel like I have to lie or like lie by omission. And so, 
you know, in order for me to tell that story, I'd have to like leave out a lot of things that I feel are important. Just don't ask on a fucking but date. What kind of question is this for a date? That I know, right? So I just look yeah. at it like you're giving them the director's cut of your life. Yeah. Right? So I don't think it's bad. Like there's a, ba- a bunch of bad shit that I would probably edit out, but I don't necessarily think it would be by omission because I would be like, well, only if I felt like it was legitimately affecting me right now. Otherwise, I'd be like, well, I left this on the cutting room floor because it wasn't essential to the story, right? If you don't, ha- you don't have to be your trauma, but it you is essential I mean? to the story, you know. So I don't know. I like, oh I probably, God. yeah, I'd just be like, oh, I was born in this town, and like, I don't know if it's because I'm a little sick or something. But this seems like a fucking extra grind, you know. And today. then I went to the school, and then I studied this, and then I like that's the actual answer that I would give, right? If I was, if I didn't want to overshare, yeah. But again, I feel like I'm leaving so much important stuff out of the story, so I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm offended by that question, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with Lilith. Actually, I remember when I was getting to know like, no. like my partner. He's very anti-oversharing, so over time, he's opened up a lot more and i think that's probably a much healthier approach than just diarrhea of the mouth early on especially because like this is a generalization but women tend to kind of take this i'm going to be vulnerable and see that as a mechanism to get closer to a man when they don't see it the same way yeah you have to guard yourself basically and i, and I think with this question again if you're vetting and you're vetting. getting to know somebody um they should know quite a bit about you over time and that should happen organically as opposed to you just like dumping on them in a very short space of time. Um, question Agreed. 12, Don't and this will be the last question for this section, for this episode. If you could wake up tomorrow, having gained any one quality or ability, what would it Invisibility. be? Invisibility. Invisibility. I would kick people so- in the balls and steal everything. I'm not kidding. What? <laughs> I would get invisibility and I would steal shit. I would go to the richest parts of town and steal everything that wasn't nailed down and kick all the people I didn't like in the balls. And I don't know why God hasn't given me this power yet because it would just make me so happy. You know what's funny though? If you ask men and women what they would do with invisibility, men, I mean, they might not say this, but they definitely be thinking like, oh, I go into women's locker rooms and watch them naked or something. Like men would almost always use it for something sexual. Women would almost always use it for like, oh, I want to walk down. That's like really funny that that's what they think of guys. Like that's all they would do with it is go, oh, you going to women's locker rooms let me tell you about women's locker rooms they're full of gross chicks all the time okay guys would not do that they would be like oh yeah i don't i don't want to do that they'd be doing way cooler shit way cooler stuff go to fort knox on the street without being catcalled or i want to steal something um yeah (laughs) i love the mental image definitely pro stealing shit i love the mental (laughs) image of bro like walking down the street or just like finding someone she doesn't like kicking them the balls i'm just being like ah like i'm going to i commit so much crime (laughs) (laughs) bro our criminal mastermind criminal mastermind me sneaking into bank vaults it would just be everything yeah <laughs> i would like the ability to pick things up really quickly like anything i wanted quickly. to do just, just yeah just pick it up like quickly because you know how some people are just like prodigies like that i'd love that ability i had the mental image of being able to physically when you said pick things up quickly oh. i thought meant like oh you just pick up weights really fast and just be super strong like stuff. just pick up 150 kg no i mean like like concepts ideas like learning just just to yeah just have like a quicker mind i think sharper mind i know that's quite like dull but i feel like if you can do that then you can do like pretty much anything in half the time I wish I could just be wake up and just be a trillionaire. That's the quality that I would want. Is to just Why be extremely be rich. <laughs> That's like the one quality that I would want. Or is wealthy a quality? <laughs> is wealthy is born wealthy a quality? Yeah, <laughs> I think yes. Um, if, but that's only if I had to answer of like non superhuman. Like my first question is like in this question, can I say like superpowers or like supernatural things like Rose invisibility? Why does um, it have, have to be dating? something like real? I thought about this for years, by the way. So although this question just came up, this is like something I've thought to myself, like, if I could have one thing, it would be invisibility for sure. Mm. I wish I could fly or like teleport. That would be the, like, I wish I could go anywhere at any time for any reason. Um, like, I, I, yeah, because I, I use that probably for traveling. Like that saves so much money on airfare. Um, another good Are one you would be yeah, fucking I wish- stupid. That's you want to or you could have a thing that gets you so much money that you could afford airfare. I could read people's minds, although I don't really need Why that as much. I'm pretty good at reading people just based on their facial expressions and body language. Um, another good one would be... Um, like telekinesis like being able to make you know control objects around. shout out to steve fisher thanks dog. you that kind of thing those are some other good qualities <laughs> uh but yeah I'd probably i don't know what see, would if you're be invisible some... you can just like be invisible and pick that shit up right and then no one would know i feel like telekinesis like you'd, you'd have to always do it privately you could yeah be invisible and you could sneak on a flight 
because then people would suspect. I want to. I want to go. No, but then people would see. I would. I would not hide it. I would want people to know that I was telekinetic, and then just have like godlike powers. Uh, okay. But then again, I'd probably get kidnapped by the U.S. government, and they'd do weird experiments on me or some shit. Oh, for sure. They're all about that. Yeah, I want to keep that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what would be some red flag answers? Again, I think, like very rightfully said, anything that will increase his uh, sexual um, access to women is a, a red man flag. Said invisibility. So... I'd be like, nope. Um, Imagine you're on a date with one of these chicks and you're just having some drinks. He goes, well, if you could have any superpower, what would you do? And he's like, I I don't know. I guess being invisible would be cool. And she goes, what? Uh, Check, please. I'm like, okay, that's hilarious to me. So I'm cool with that. If he wants to steal, I think (laughs) I'd be like, all right, then. Body and Clyde. <laughs> yeah, very important though. I would want if you were to say that, I'd be like, yeah, like what Rose said. I'd go to the richest neighborhood and steal anything steal that wasn't everything. nailed down. Because again, fuck the rich. I would want to steal all of their shit. I wouldn't want you someone who be would like, rich. I, I don't know, just like vandalize you know shit from like normal hardworking people. That's like rude. But yeah, um, what are some other red flags? I use my powers for good. It only I'd only kick people in the balls if they were bad people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. They would not. These chicks are tyrants. Same, honestly, I'd be like a Robin Hood. If I had invisibility, I'd be like a Robin Hood figure. I would steal from the rich and give to the poor. Because again. That's just how I be. Um, but also give to myself because I'm also a little bit selfish like that. So there's that. Um, what else? What, was some, what are some red flag answers in a man? Yeah, anything sexual for sure. This fucking and podcast think, yeah. is a red flag. Maybe if almost if it's Here's like, a red just, flag. What kind of stuff are you asking a woman? What kind of hobbies do you have? She goes, oh, I do a podcast. Girl, oh, that's a red some, flag. If he says something like, I wish I didn't have to work, red flag. <laughs> right. This has actually this has actually happened to me before because I used to tell men that I wanted to get like a government job where their spouse couldn't work. And the number of them that were like legitimately happy at the prospect of not being able to or not having to work. Um, because you can have your own like business, but you just can't work for a company, a uh, conflict of interest. And the number it was actually a good vetting strategy because if they were happy that oh I don't have to work if we get married, they were nexted because that's just lazy. Why is that a thing? Why would that be a rule? That's so weird to me. I mean, if you're working as like, say, a diplomat or an ambassador, it would be potentially a conflict of interest if you get a job in the country that you're as ambassador for. So say like you are the ambassador to the US and you're meant to represent British interests. If ambassador? your spouse works for a company based in the US, it's a conflict of interest because you have a vested interest in the US and the UK at the same time, if that makes mm. sense. Okay, okay. Makes so that's sense. why they often, so that's why they often, but they can work, they can do consultancy work for themselves, but they're often like, but, and because it tends to be that when the woman is the, the dip- fuck are you talking about? The ambassador, the, the man ends up being like the stay-at-home parent um, and a lot of them get it's not like the opposite of main character syndrome but they feel somehow about it because they feel very sidelined because obviously she's the important figure and he's just like a plus, a plus one so this there was this is this, this like way off track but i came across a guy who was basically wrote a whole blog complaining about how he stays at home and is not important whilst his wife is. <laughs> um. see i would see it as a green flag if the man was like oh if, if you want to be a high-powered woman and i just stay at home and support you and raise the kids I, as long as he's the kind who actually would do a good job raising kids and not just be a useless scrub who jerks off all day and plays video well, he would be a useless scrub because he's a man uh, as a green flag if the man wanted to support my career but yeah well, he wants to be actively raising the kids but if we don't have kids he's getting a job like side hustle or something like he's not just gonna because idle men are just useless and kind of low-key dangerous to society but <laughs> Neat, yeah. neat, yeah. Neat. <laughs> neat. I think that should actually be like a um an alarm. Like you should be able to press like neat, if they say bullshit. That sound effect. Yeah. Someone turned that we into a TikTok to, sound. We need, to, uh, we need to we need to embarrass these fuckers. Honestly, neat, it's actually neat, doing something. Neat, neat. <laughs> but yeah that's the first section done Uh, we'll cover the remaining 24 in future episodes Um, but yeah let us know what you think of these questions have you asked similar questions to a partner or an ex-partner yeah let us know your thoughts in the comments and that's the show check out our website I've never never wanted a roast scrote so badly in my life alright that was episode 57 of the female dating strategy podcast it's it's almost like it's getting harder It's, it's seems like it's getting harder um and that was like i'm i have a headache actually i think i feel like i have a headache i don't know if it's because i'm a little under the weather here or what but uh 
Not good. Okay. Episode 58 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. Up next, I guess everybody wants it on one and a half speed. The great slap gate debate is male violence ever the answer. We're going to listen to this on 1.5 speed. I'm going to put up a poll to see if you want to skip this. If we want to skip it, put it up for uh, a little bit. And uh, if you want to skip it, you all can decide. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Rope. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. All right, today we're going to cover that subject that everyone's been covering. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I think everyone's bored of it at this point. By the time this episode gets released, it's going to be like two weeks after it happened. But the Will Smith slap. We're debating the Will Smith slap. I'm hoping there's still drama involved. Slapgate. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Slap I feel like this gate. is going to go down in Oscars history. And so I feel like it's sort of going to be a timeless classic. At least I hope so. Basically, I wanted to talk about this because I noticed that me and Savannah had very, very different opinions on this. So this is going to be the Will Smith smackdown. So, bro, did you want to cover the history? Because to be honest, I've never listened to Chris Rock or Will Smith or Dave. Everything I know about Deidre and Will Smith, I've learned against my will. So I don't really follow any of them. Yeah, Ro is the resident Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith historian here. So please. Yes, because I like them. I like them too. Yeah, so I like them. Okay, so Smiths and the Rocks have known each other for a very long time, right? They're two feuding families. (laughs) Well, I don't know how long they've been feuding. That's what makes this whole thing weird. So Will Smith came onto the scene. At least in the 90s, right? Yeah, in the early 90s as a rapper. They have a feud? Right, with such wholesome hits as parents just don't understand, etc. And (laughs) eventually he was cast as the role of the Fresh Prince on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air became massively popular then got uh, cast in some blockbuster movies like Independence Day Men in Black etc. We know who Will Smith is! Became a really really bankable movie star then uh, started doing a lot of Oscar bait roles in the latter I guess he's at the latter half of his career now. And somewhere around 2016, he was in a film that was released called Concussion, where he played a doctor who discovered the disease CTE, which is something that was affecting NFL players um, from getting their heads uh, hit a bunch of times. So apparently he was somewhat upset that he wasn't uh, nominated for an Oscar for that role because it was clearly an Oscar bait role and he'd been, and he'd been doing a couple of Oscar bait roles at that point. And Shada made a statement about the fact that the Academy constantly overlooks African-American and other people of color when it comes to awarding, right? Both films, directing, actors. Is that Oscar so white? Yeah. And then they started the hashtag Oscar so white campaign and encouraged a bunch of people to boycott. And I think a few people actually did. And it actually did pick up traction enough to the point where the Academy the next year tried to atone for that and started to be more conscious of platforming filmmakers of color, right? So now 2016, Chris Rock also hosted the Oscars. And during the hosting of the Oscars, he makes a joke that's basically somewhere on the lines of Jada Pinkett boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited, right? Basically digging at her acting skills, right? So Chris Rock has been making comments about Jada for a long time. He had it coming. That's my stance anyway. It goes deeper than that event. So there's two things about that particular comment, oh, which was- Oh, we got some Will Smith defenders here. One, it was kind of like, quote, breaking code because a lot of Black Hollywood agreed, even if they didn't necessarily agree that Will Smith in particular deserved the award. There was sort of a contentious discussion about it because there were some people that agreed that, yes, like the Academy has historically very much overlooked African-American artists. But at the same time, Will Smith just wasn't that great at that movie. And a lot of them felt like it was an ego trip. So Chris Rock was sort of, you know, told the line, right? He was somewhere on the fence where he was kind of making fun of the Oscar So White campaign, which I think annoyed a lot of Black Hollywood. But at the same time, he was right. The general sentiment at the time was like, this feels like an ego trip from the Smiths, right? So that's that thing. So the other problem is, I don't know if people know this, but Tell us about the Tupac love triangle. Okay, so there's a Tupac love triangle is actually tangentially related to this. So it happens what? to be that Jada Pinkett and Tupac were childhood friends. And they were friends for a very long time up until his death. And he was murdered on the strip in Las Vegas after Mike Tyson fight sometime in the mid-90s. Like very tragically, it was a huge thing in the hip-hop it's world. It's like a history episode. He's kind of become deified in the hip-hop world because of his short but tragic life and impact on the hip-hop community. Pac was always like looked at as this alpha male type, right? He was very like hyper-masculine, pop off whenever, whenever. And Will Smith is not, right? Will Smith was like... He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy, exactly. And even then, he was constantly getting like slammed by other hip-hop 
artist for being corny because he didn't say he didn't use like the n-word and he didn't use like swear words in his raps yeah he was quite unique for that like he never like he didn't ever swear in his rap and there were still really good songs he's a good boy <laughs> and also but he also kind of showed that you don't like need to be dropping f-bombs and n-bombs to make a good rap song as well and i think yeah maybe you don't need to be swearing in rap music but he was like making bops and he was more of a party rapper right yeah he wasn't a hard like alpha male gangster but gangster rap had a chokehold on hip-hop at the time right so he was such a juxtaposition so i haven't read his book but excerpts i've seen him talk about he talks about that time in his life and just feeling like constantly like people were trying to emasculate him because of the fact that he wasn't a tupac type and then to rub you know to add insult to injury what a tight race by the way 52 percent or to rub no salt in the wind a little bit he even admits that he really liked jada pinkett and pursued jada pinkett and that he felt intimidated by tupac right because tupac and her were actually really really good friends like they've known each other since they were kids right didn't he say in one of his interviews or in his autobiography that he was actually jealous of their relationship i'm not surprised because like i remember willow she released a letter Wait, which was, like, 15 that she wrote when she was nine and in the letter it was like what the fuck are you reading letters from 15 year olds like, you know, Tupac, I wish you'd come back so you can make me and mummy happy. Bearing in mind, Willow was born, like, years after Tupac died. Like, she's clearly <laughs> still talking about him. And Jada actually, like, when Tupac was arrested for sexual assault, she paid, like, $100,000 to bail him out of jail. Okay, that makes me like her a little bit less. Did she really? I didn't hear about that, so that's news to me. Yeah. What a fucking pick me, Jada. She paid to bail him out of jail. Wait, let me Google this. What the heck? That's news to me. What okay, because until now, I was standing Jada Pinkett Smith as a queen of... I did read it somewhere. I might be wrong if it's wrong. I'll oh cut it out. But... All the fucking, just the words, the standing and the queens, like the stream. I'm pretty please. sure I read somewhere that she paid to bail him out of jail when was arrested for sexual assault in the 90s or rape like sexual assault or rape yeah a hundred thousand dollars bearing in mind back in the 90s that was big big change like massive change i'd be surprised if she actually had that much amount of money so that's why i'm sort of a bit skeptical i don't know about her family were they well off oh no i know nothing about jada pinker smith at all i know nothing about her her mom well based on the red table talk like her mom was actually an addict and oh okay but i mean she was a working um... actress like she was pretty she'd been a cast in a decent amount of films but again, maybe it's true i'm surprised only because that's a lot of money and i don't know that she was ever that popular of an actress that she would have been able to afford that i'm gonna find a source yeah let's find a source for that before we yeah like say that because that's a pretty big statement. I don't want to get flamed, but if it's not true, hold on. Apparently, he served nine months in prison for first-degree sexual abuse in 1995, but that's according to fucking Reddit, so I don't know if that's true. No, it's true. He went to jail because apparently there was a girl that he picked up i think from the club or something like that and apparently a bunch of his bodyguards either he had sex with her and then a bunch of his bodyguards gang rape raped her do you want to say that again sorry you're... she says a bunch of his bodyguards gang raped her damn so then he went to jail it's true i've got a source it was in the newspaper at the time so let me drop the source just so that we can add it source. to the show notes because i didn't like know that okay yeah yeah. no i found it, it says 1995 pinkett contributed hundred thousand dollars towards shakur's bail as he awaited an appeal on the sexual abuse conviction and speaking about pinkett shakur said jada is my heart she will be my friend my whole life and pinkett said he was one of my best friends he was like a brother it was beautiful on friendship for us type of relationship we had you only get once in a lifetime saying that in the context of a guy being too fast by the way i see some people in the chat accused of sexual assault i'm like girl Girl. they were extremely extremely close i'm not sure if it was ever romantic but it seems like the relationship that she had with tupac is a lot i guess stronger and closer than the one she has with will yeah because she's like writing poems like willow's talking about tupac tupac was writing poems about her she was like his muse and stuff i'm like damn okay (laughs) yeah so it was a deep 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 relationship even if it that doesn't mean it was romantic but yeah it was like definitely what does this have to do with chris rock Getting slapped by Will Smith. What does this have to do with that? a deep thing for both of them I guess mm. here's an excerpt from Will Smith's memoir so Will Smith admits to being tortured by their connection so Will Smith opened up about the early stages of his relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith in his new memoir Will and how Tupac Shakur left him feeling very insecure explaining that Jada and a late rapper were high school friends who both fought their way from under the weight of abuse and neglect to become the household names they are today Smith revealed how their close bond left him feeling a certain kind of way when they started dating though they were never intimate their love for each other is legendary they define ride or die he wrote in the beginning of our relationship my mind was tortured by their connection he was Pac and I was me setting up the scene of Will Smith feeling like he wasn't because he wasn't this hyper masculine gangster rapper type guy that he felt inadequate during this time so 
uh, Smith said Shakur had a fearless passion that was intoxicating, a militant morality, and a willingness to fight and die for what he believed was right, and reignited a feeling of inadequacy he first felt when he saw his younger brother Harry stand up to their abusive father. Pac was like Harry. He triggered the perception of myself as a coward, wrote Smith. I hated that I wasn't what he was in the world, and I suffered a raging jealousy. I wanted Jada to look at me like that. As Will and Jada's relationship continued to progress, she became less available to spend with her longtime friends, something Smith said felt like a twisted kind of victory for him. If she chose me over Tupac, there's no way I could be a coward, he added. I've really felt more validated. I was in a room with Tupac on multiple occasions, but I never spoke to him. The way Jada loved Pac rendered me incapable of being friends with him. I was too immature. Jada and Tupac met at the Baltimore School of Arts when they were both students. She said in the past they did share a disgusting kiss and decided to keep their relationship platonic. Speaking with Howard Stern in 2017, Jada said she and Pac got into a hardcore fight before his death as she feared for his life was going in a destructive direction. The two weren't speaking when he was killed in September 1996. Will and Jada married the following year. Damn. That's a really tragic backstory. But I mean, like he was kind of getting more and more unhinged because he had been like, he had been, first of all, he'd been in jail and he'd been shot at before when he wasn't killed, I think, in the first attempt on his life. So he was just getting probably increasingly paranoid and increasingly aggressive and stuff like that. And it's kind of sad because you can see how Will Smith feels inadequate, but it's also like, yeah, but a lot- What does this have to do with- the top those gangster rappers are dead now and you're alive <laughs> and you're on the top of your career so yeah the results speak for themselves <laughs> but you see the seeds planted of his feeling inadequate and then him feeling like he has to defend his wife right or like you know be the guy like putting his ego be the guy who like uses physical force to defend the women he cares about i guess yeah but also just like protecting his ego from like all the other guys who think they can try him or his family yeah okay now back to the rocks by the way so just from doing more digging tony rock which is chris rock's little brother actually was on a show produced by will smith's production company called all of us and chris rock did a cameo on fresh prince of bel-air and chris rock and and Jada Pinkett were in the Madagascar movies together. So there's a bunch of videos of them out doing press tours for Madagascar. So it's an animated film thing from DreamWorks. I fucking love that movie. Honestly, one of my favorite movies when I was a child. <laughs> the, which character was Jada Pinkett Smith? Jada Pinkett was uh, Gloria the Hippo, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Honestly, love that movie. So anyways, I just wanted what to- What is all this backstory for? It's like he just cracked some shitty joke. Everybody love that movie. <laughs> so the Smiths, the Smiths and the Rocks have known each other for quite some time, dating back to the 90s. And even in particular, Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett have worked directly together. So this is not like a casual acquaintance. They've known each other for now decades right so this is not like this is beef going back a long time yeah yeah this is beef going back a long time and the did tea they have beef though tea that was spilled that i'm seeing both on twitter and the tea that was spilled oh, and the other thing too is chris rock used to have a show called the chris rock show on hbo of which jada pinkett was a guest so there's videos by the way this is this is so tight we're 51 49 no skip i'm gonna once we hit 100 votes whatever the whatever we're at of like him interviewing jada pinkett smith again this is in the 90s so the smiths and the rocks have crossed paths very many times chris rock and jada pinkett smith know each other beyond just like the cursory and didn't chris rock used to be in love with jada pinkett smith as well oh that's shut the tea. up that's the tea that i started to spill Who that was cares? on twitter right so the tea is that you know jada pinkett was hot shit back in the 90s right she's still hot but anyways yeah yeah she's still hot but like she was like she was in a bunch of like really iconic like black 90s movies like set it off and jason's lyric she was in the nutty professor with eddie murphy so she was like a really sought after black actress and kind of like you know she's like the beyonce of the film industry at that point right mm-hmm. like it's not really clear like why and when her career sort of dropped off i think maybe when she started having like children perhaps i don't know like since yeah jaden and willow were born she's not really been in huge films since then so i'm not sure if that was the reason behind it she was in magic mike xsl in xxl in 2015 oh okay bad moms 2016 girls trip 2017 so she was in the madagascar films 2005 2012 it looks like she did take a bit of a break in the mid 2000s probably yeah because she was raising kids and stuff but and she had a band for a while too so she had like a metal band she had a metal band oh my god she's so cool she, she did metal- yeah oh my god oh she's such a queen she's so cool okay sorry <laughs> She was kind of based. There's two reasons that based. I heard on Twitter, the TF scenes built on Twitter about why her career might have cooled off. One of them was because she started becoming like very pro-black women's empowerment. So in the mid nineties, there was something called the million man March that was organized by, I think Louis Farrakhan, very, very controversial uh, nation of Islam leader. Basically the push was to put African-American issues on the forefront of the political agenda. So a lot of black leaders at that point felt that 
Washington was just holy. It was like Black Lives Matter, but of the 90s. Yes, exactly. So there was something that was organized slightly after that called the, I think, Million Woman. Yeah, Million Woman March. And it was, and Jada Pinkett was like a prominent speaker there. Some of the tea on Twitter was that she kind of broke code because she was like putting black women's issues against black, ahead of black men and then back. The poll is over. We have, it's been decided. No skip. In the 90s, especially. Okay, based, first of all. Thank yeah, you for but voting. back in the 90s, like that was. A- Your vote counts. No, no. Okay. That was like pretty much the. Ent- like the stream. At 150 likes, I'm going to give away another channel membership. Tired black community would disown you if you like talked about black women's issues over black men because they were considered, I guess, the bigger victim. Chris Rock on the Chris Rock show, there's a video of him basically like teasing her about it. Wow. Fuck this. I didn't like him before, wow. but I hate him even more now. The other rumor is, is that, you know, to reiterate what Lilith said, was that in the 90s, Chris Rock was one of Jada Pinkett's many, many suitors. Because remember, she was in like an Eddie Murphy movie. Eddie Murphy has been a huge, huge comedian for a very long time. So that just puts you on like the top visibility for any type of uh, comedian, really. So Great movie, The Naughty Professor. Don't remember much of her in it, though. Some of the bad blood between them is because of thwarted romantic interest. Yeah, men act fucking stupid and bitter and will like make constant little needling remarks when you reject them. So again, another point against Chris Rock in my mind. But anyways, there's some discussion from other actors at the time. And I think Tommy Davidson was another prominent. Tommy Davidson's coming up now? In the 90s. And he did a movie with Jada Pinkett Smith. And he just did an interview where he said that allegedly in the script, they had written in like a kiss or some kind of intimacy in the script, unbeknownst to Jada Pinkett Smith and that the producer said Jada Pinkett was fine with it but something happened he didn't really elaborate and Will Smith got upset and actually confronted him and they almost fought like in this trailer so apparently Will Smith almost fought Tommy Davidson like Will Smith popping off because people got fresh with his wife has been a thing that's been going back a while Is he trying Sounds to be like T-Pac, Marty? Because T-Pac would do that shit. Like, <laughs> he would T-Pac. absolutely do that shit. Probably with a gun as well. <laughs> it could be. Why with a gun? You know, he's like, he's not a gangster, right? And him and his brother aren't gangsters. They're very, like, solidly working class black people, but he didn't grow up in, like, the like the abject, like, hood poverty uh, where, um, not that he didn't know gangsters, but he just wasn't that dude, right? Like, he was, and people used to think he was corny. So, um, yeah, he probably felt like, even then, I gotta defend my lady against all these yeah. like hood dudes, right? Like, so. Because even if you look at like, because I was thinking back to the T-Pac and Biggie feud, and even looking back at T-Pac's like, like lyrics, there was one song he did. I can't. The name escapes me. Well, it was basically a diss track against Biggie, and it's honestly the meanest song. Yeah, hit him up. Yeah, that's it's the meanest song. It's about so mean. I think Grab your glocks when you see Tupac. Yeah, call the cops when you see Tupac. Come on, it's the classic. <laughs> it's, it's, and he literally opens a song with, you know, that's why I fucked your bitch. You, yeah. <laughs> you fat motherfucker. Get funny. And I remember listening to it. And thinking like this is legit like the meanest diss track. Even Eminem couldn't couldn't write a meaner diss track than that. Like this is the meanest song I've heard about anyone. <laughs> it's a great song though. Like the beat is popping. But I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, this guy was popping. savage. This guy was absolutely savage. If Biggie wasn't Biggie, see, but I respect that. <laughs> I mean, if like Biggie wasn't like who he was, like, I'm sure that diss track would have just ended his career. But obviously, Biggie could like he was also like you know like a master on the mic as well. Well, somebody put a hit on him, and he thought it was he thought it was Bad Boy Records. So he got shot. So that's part of the uh, energy. We're behind learning so much. Find that track because <laughs> he was literally recovering from attempted murder. Yeah, it's the meanest song. I've heard though from like anyone about someone else. Wait, so the hit was, or the attempted hit was before recording that track? I think so. He was shot at a few times and then the last time killed him. So it's completely understandable to me if someone has attempted to murder you multiple times. I think that's like the healthiest way to deal with attempted murder is through art. Honestly, great coping skills. So Bad Boy Records said that it wasn't them. So that was the thing. So then it created right. this feud between the two. And Right, right, right. Okay. And to be fair, I, I partly think that the Biggie T-Pack feud, because it was East Coast, West Coast, wasn't it? That was partly played up as well in the media for like. It's like everybody knows this. What does this have to do it, with you know, ratings and shit? But you know, Chris so I'm not Rock. Really sure how much of it was like genuine bad between because i think at one point they were friends t-pack and biggie but i don't know what happened there but yeah it sort of went back and forth for a while as well so yeah hit him up as one of the great all-time disc <laughs> records but that's the energy that a lot of the 90s rappers had right which were culminated in both tupac and biggie being shot and killed so and a bunch of other countless rappers that were of lesser names that's still sad but yeah it's sad so i mean oh, that's wow. the thing. So, so then you sad. have all this going on and then you have like corny ass will smith right like <laughs> will smith popping along yeah <laughs> getting jiggy with it <laughs> well exactly. get jiggy with it was a fire <laughs> yeah it's not a bad 
song. I mean, but it's just like he was not, you know, he just wasn't really considered like part of their ilk. And he, he had a lot of bops and he's been popular in the black community, but he just wasn't like, he wasn't that dude. I'm honestly like waiting for the day when I'm just doing this stream and then I go, oh, there's something weird on my ear. And then I just touch my earlobe and there's just blood on my hands like that scene in Stand By Me. And at a time when gangster rap had a chokehold on like masculinity and what it meant to be black and masculine, he wasn't it. Yeah, I get that. I hear that. That's true. So is that enough background? I think that was all of the things I know. Now that you've gone into the whole background with Will Smith and Chris Rock, do you want to talk about the whole relationship dynamic between Jada Pinkett Smith and the fact that they have an open marriage? I feel like that also plays into this a bit. So Jada Pinkett created this web show called The Red Table Talk. And on The Red Table Talk, they dissect difficult relationship issues, both with celebrities and also uh, Jada Pinkett often has her mother, who they call Gammy, and their two kids, Jaden and Willow. And also I think Trey, which is Will Smith's son from his first marriage. So Will Smith, actually, that's another thing. Will Smith has a son named Trey, which is, uh, I think, Willard Smith III, and they just call him Trey for that, who he had with his first wife, who he divorced and then eventually got married to Jada. So at some point, it didn't come out voluntarily. There was an R&B singer who was fairly popular called August Alsina. And August Alsina was a, pretty much a BET staple for a while. He was a semi-popular R&B singer who went on some show and then talked about the fact that he had had an affair with Jada Pinkett. Now, it was always rumored, but it wasn't really confirmed until he did that interview. And then the Smiths were sort of back into a corner to finally answer questions about their marriage because of the fact that August Alsina actually publicly came out and said that he had he had an affair with uh, which Jada Pinkett called an entanglement. <laughs> right? So that's where like, the whole entanglement vocabulary came oh, from yes, because Jada Pinkett essentially had business. sex with him. Now, the ethics around that are really, really fuzzy because the reason she knows August is because he was Jaden's friend, her oldest son's friend. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah. I think he's a few years older than Jaden, but like obviously much younger than her. Okay. That's weird. He was of legal age and everything, but it still is like one really weird to be having sex with your son's friend. And then also- Really? Like, that's crazy because if uh, Will Smith had sex with a woman of that age, they wouldn't be saying that was weird. They wouldn't be like, oh, that's weird. Would they say that? Would they, oh, that's a weird thing he does. I mean, at first I was like, okay, I had a tweet that was about this. Like, I think saying he should be jailed. Actually, even though I'm normally against polyamory or, you know, open marriages and stuff like on principle, I will say that women in Hollywood get cheated on all the time. And the women who are cheated on are just supposed to either like put up with it or it's seen as like normal for men to cheat on their wives in Hollywood. I want to point out sort of the double standard here that, you know, she has an affair and it's like, oh, Will Smith is a cock. Oh, he's emasculated, blah, blah, blah. She's a whore. Like they, oh, he's a, he's a cock. they get so much hate for that. And honestly, I think low key, she's kind of a queen for open, for negotiating an open marriage for herself because, you know, rich and powerful men have been cheating on their wives since time immemorial. And like, you know, women used to get fucking executed for that, right? Like Anne Boleyn or was it Catherine Howard, I think. There was like, if you're even suspected of cheating on your, you know, rich and powerful husband. The fact that we live in a time women can cuck their husband and not be brutally punished for it, I think that's a win for feminism. And so I support women's <laughs> rights, but also women's wrongs. So part of- Big win for feminism, big win for the cucks. The frustration that I feel about the entire discussion is because she talked about the fact that- Like the stream, hit the subscribe button. They were actually separated, right? And Will Smith says that he said that I'm done making you happy. And essentially they were planning on separating and getting divorced. See, that makes me have even less of a problem with it. They were separated. Exactly. And quite frankly, Will Smith, you can see so many red carpet pictures of him really inappropriately flirting with his female co-stars, especially like Eva Mendez and Charlize Theron. And it comes across. Didn't he like admit to cheating on her in the past, though? Oh, for sure. Like they said they didn't cheat. They said it's not cheating. They have an open relationship. That they were separated when they were doing other people. This is why these open relationships are just more often than not a complete dumpster fire, like absolute dumpster fire. I refuse to believe that people who are genuinely happy in a marriage are going to be outside like seeking other people. Yeah. So the consolation was that, OK, they were split up at the time. Now, anybody who Will Smith is messed with has not really come forward. The only reason this entire thing blew up is because August Alsina went on a show and talked about it really? and even said Will Smith was fine with it. Kind of a dick move. Don't kiss and tell, bro. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like August was kind of, this is where he gets again side at Jada because like August, I think was either, he'd been homeless like for a lot of his life and then like also was recovering from drugs or something like that. So Jada kind of said that like she was mentoring him and then things kind of got like sexual somewhere in between there. And I'm like, yeah, that's really, mm. really questionable ethics there. So that's why partially why people are giving Jada the side eye, one, it being her son's friend. Sounds like Jada Smith's a bit of a scrote.
and the age gap and then the circumstances in which he was when they started hooking up. So she picked a guy who was a little bit like emotionally quite vulnerable. Yeah, quite vulnerable. And I think part of the reason he talked about it is because he felt like he was discarded by her. Mm -hmm. That basically the Smiths went on with their marriage and then like his career didn't go anywhere. His career started to flop. And so he was like, man, all this happened. And especially after the entanglement came out, even more so his career kind of went down in the tank because I don't know if they blackballed him or anything, but he just sort of his moment was over in the music industry. Yeah. It's weird because everyone says like, you know, Will's a Smith's a cock for putting up this, et cetera. But it's not like, first of all, that like it was only Jada that had somebody. So when people are antagonizing Jada just for having an affair, then it feels definitely mentioned otherwise. I mean, these chicks are so insane. If this was the other way around, they would be fucking losing it. And all they're doing is tripping over themselves to defend her. All the fucking time. It feels really sexist, right? Yeah. I think the circumstances of that affair are messy. And I feel like- Oh, it's sexist? Judge her for that. But that's not even what they're judging her for. They're just like trying to dig at Will because of like her having sex with someone outside of the marriage at all. Yeah. Supposedly agreed to. Yeah. He supposedly agreed to because he said he was done with the marriage. They were essentially separated at the time. So, you know, even o- there's a video where he's talking about his book and Oprah directly asked him like, well, did you- This go-? has everything- Every hallmark of everything they think would be wrong the other way, the, the the power dynamic, the age gap, everything that they think should be literally criminalized if it was a man and a woman, an older, powerful man and a younger woman. She didn't have a fair. She's like, no, like we were separated. It's not like clear to me that they had an open marriage so much as that like they were trying to get divorced or at least like live separately and started dating other people before they were divorced and then at some point reconciled. I want to say, first of all, my initial knee-jerk reaction to the slap was to put myself in Jada Pinkett's shoes and think, if my man defended my honor like that by slapping another man, I'd be so fucking wet. I'd be like, that is so hot. I but again, that's just me. I'm like, I am a proponent of Polycule Fight Club. <laughs> Polycule Fight Club. <laughs> have we talked about Polycule Fight Club before? Okay, so this idea I only know Polycule from FTX sadly. was first brought about by one of the OG mods of the FDS subreddit. I think we did talk about this before. I know, but I wanted to do a recap for maybe those who didn't listen to the episode. Polycule Fight Club. So what happened is all of the poly people were like hating on FDS for the fact that we're not pro polyamorous relationships. And so, <laughs> so we decided to, <laughs> FDS mods were like, let's like troll them a little bit and <laughs> had this post like, okay, I support polyamory under the following conditions. No, what was it? It was like, it was also that like, there's no porn out there that appeals to female fantasies. So OG Jammies was like sort of trolling the poly and the porn people being like, there's no porn of like female fantasies. You know what my fantasy is? Is I want to have a harem of men who fight each other every night and then I fuck the winner. And I remember seeing that as like, I don't think I was quite a mod yet at that time. I was like, I was like an <laughs> FPS disciple. I remember seeing that and thinking like queen, like that is, I, I fully agree 1000%. That's my fantasy too. <laughs> it sounds pretty sexy. It sounds sexy, right? Like I honestly, unironically love MMA just because I think it's hot as fuck when men fight each other. I just think it's hot when men beat the shit over. And it's not, I think it's hot when men beat the shit out of each other. And that's not even that weird because lots of animals in nature do this, right? Basically all ruminants, for example, the male deer, you know, fight each other. And then the female deer, like the does, they fuck the winner. Goats are like this. Sheep are like this. Rams are like this. So that's not even unprecedented. And I'm not Very well, if you're a fucking animal. Aside for, for thinking it's hot when men fight each other, okay. I mean, I watched Dota for like 15 years, so I can't really disagree. <laughs> I think it's hot I when men fight each other. I forget that so- she's into wrestling. I- what a oddball Savannah is. Huh? Oh, yeah, I was like, as soon as I saw the Will Smith slap, I was like, man, if that was my man, I would be super into that. I'd fuck him so hard after that because I think that's what men are for is for fighting other men on behalf of the queen. Like, I think that I unironically see women in relationships as a queen and her man is like her soldier and she commands him to do things and then go, he goes out and does her bidding. I think that is like the ideal relationship dynamic. So I was like, nice, good for her. And then all these other people started chiming in being like, oh, violence at the Oscars is unacceptable. And I'm just like, you know what? I need to come up with a whole moral justification to justify why, <laughs> to justify my initial reaction of supporting the Will Smith slap. And here we are today. He should have just did it backstage. Yeah. I think it was just the shock of it being during the live broadcast. He should have just like met him backstage. Yeah, do it without any cameras, okay? No witnesses, right? I mean, for me, I came at it from a totally different angle. So I actually found out about the slap from a group of police officers. They were saying, oh my gosh, have you seen this? Because I was just hanging out with them for the day, as you do. And they actually said that if that happened in the UK, like Will Smith would have been arrested. So when people were saying, I guess, you know, non-celebrities were saying, yeah, that's so great. It's just like, well, he would have actually been given a criminal record for that because in the UK- Well, they gave uh, Chris Rock the opportunity to press charges. He declined. At least, I don't know how it is in the US, but they can and they 
have successfully prosecuted people without the victim's consent or cooperation if they have, you know, like evidence. So if it's on video that you've assaulted somebody, yeah, they would arrest him. And I was just thinking, like, I don't want to date a felon. Like, I'm not going to date. And if you want to find out why, uh, just watch our 10 reasons to not date a felon. Oh, yeah, after. Savannah. Savannah's issue with dating Will Smith is that he's a bit of a criminal past. I want to date a felon over something that didn't need to happen. Like, if you want to be pissed off at him, that's fine. But I will be sitting there thinking, you didn't, like, you know, why have you created all this trouble for yourself and for me being potentially shipped off to prison because of a slap that didn't need to happen? I'm awful. Like, if it was in, like, if, like, Chris Rock physically attacked Jada, then that's justified. But, but that wasn't the case. And for me, it opened up a wider discussion around comedy itself. So I saw a lot of people saying you shouldn't joke about people's appearances or their disabilities, which I absolutely agree with. But let's be real, Chris Rock is not the only person to do that. And he wasn't the only one who laughed as well. Like, if we want to have a discussion about, you know, the boundaries of comedy. Yeah, Will Smith should have slapped every person at the Oscars. Comedy, then that's absolutely fine. But all the people saying that, I'm sure they've all laughed at somebody's appearance or disability before, because that's what comedy is. And comedy has essentially mutated into something that's got absolutely no boundaries. I mean, Ricky Gervais would have been even more brutal. If you saw him at the Golden Globes, he went in, absolutely went in and probably crossed so many lines. But, you know, nobody was calling for him to be slapped. I think Ricky Gervais should be slapped. I hate him too. So, I mean, to be fair. <laughs> but that's like a wide discussion on comedy. I think if Chris Rock had said it, like, backstage or unprovoked, but... I have a feeling they think I should be slapped. You know, comedians at these shows, they always tell unfunny jokes trying to rip the piss out of celebrities. Like, he was doing his job at the end of the day. And whilst Jada doesn't have to laugh, whilst? she's, you know, well done her right to be offended. But yeah, Will Smith's initial reaction was very weird to me because it looked like, I might be wrong, that he was initially laughing and then saw her reaction and then probably went into T-Pack <laughs> Remember T-Pack? T-Pack would fuck him up and then decided to go do that. <laughs> no, but actually, I think that's actually maybe an area where we agree. I think that he laughed at first and then he saw his wife's reaction and then saw her give the death glare. And I think actually that's a very good thing for a man to be that reactive to a woman's death glare. I think that's an incredible amount of power that I really admire in a woman. If your death glare is enough to make a man go slap another man, I'm like, queen. <laughs> Everyone keeps saying that. I'm like, like queen. That death but I'm also like, yo, Will Smith, you're a fucking bitch. Thing, but there's video that's come out and it looks like Jada was just chilling. That's why I'm feeling like people are just blaming her just to blame her. I'm not blaming her. I'm saying queen. I'm kind of like anti it's Jada's fault that Will snapped in that moment theory because once again, I feel like they're just blaming her because there's other video that came out of someone that was filming behind them and it doesn't look like it looks like Jada laughed and then like kind of rolled her eyes. I think like the laugh was sort of a fake laugh, like a fake Kanye laugh and that <laughs> the psycho laugh. <laughs> and the rumor has been that Will Smith has talked to Chris Rock about coming after his wife, especially after the Oscar So White campaign and the jokes there. And more or less as a man, knowing how he moved with some of the other people in the industry, he was like, listen, leave my wife out of it. It's okay if you come after me. And then also given the fact that the Smith Again, she's not a civilian. She's also a famous person and the Rocks have known each other for and she's sitting front row at the Oscars very long time that's possible that the conversation was had before that and then and also the Oscars is like the lamest thing on fucking earth they're trying to make it not lame that moment when Chris didn't respect that boundary Will Smith snaps that's what it looked like more so to me okay it's definitely not Jada's fault and I agree with like bro I'm seeing all these takes like oh she made him do it you know she manipulated him and like she's allowed to pull facial expression that doesn't make her responsible for Will's actions personally I don't think that Jada would have like wanted him to slap Chris Rock like that because no if we're talking about you know raising awareness for alopecia which by the way like is you know we could do a whole topic on the politics around black women's hair as a woman and especially as a black woman that would be absolutely devastating but ultimately the conversation wasn't about alopecia or people suffering from it it was about oh my gosh you know you know chris rock got rocked by will that was a conversation and then you know jada you know nobody asked if she was okay like nobody gave a shit about her but somehow what the fuck are they asking her if the one person got physically assaulted that's the only person who you should be concerned about if she's okay why time about? especially now will has resigned from the academy and issued an apology people are now switching to blaming jada for will's actions i'm not blaming jada for will's actions i'm saying that in his mind no no i'm not saying you're doing i'm just saying that's a general narrative now it shifted true but what I'm saying though is that like Will Smith did it for himself okay so he saw her reaction and he's probably like oh shit she's gonna like men do this all the time like my boyfriend is like this. sometimes he'll laugh at something that I don't find funny and then he sees that I didn't laugh and then he face immediately drops and he's like oh never mind I didn't think it was funny kind of thing right that's just what men be like you know they kind of like are very sensitive yeah, if they're fucking gutless losers to women's facial expressions i think grow a set guys that's a good thing and so he did that basically to like feel like a man is what i think was going on in his mind and then we can have a conversation around like oh you know he did this to feel like come on six more likes and i'll give away a, a free 
Scroat channel membership. And like, should we define masculinity as being violent and so on? And like, I think not necessarily, but that being said, I do think that, I don't know. I think I do very much subscribe to the talk shit, get hit moral philosophy, which is that like, I don't know. I find like men, especially men like Chris Rock, where they make a lot of jokes against women. The only thing, like misogynistic men don't give a shit about women's feelings or, you know, if people are saying, oh, she should have stood up for herself or something, you know, that wouldn't have gone down for her very well either. Right. So for a lot of misogynistic men, the only thing keeping them in check is fear of consequences from other men. And that's why I'm not totally against the slap. And You're a I, fucking idiot. This is one of the Savannah's earlier point about like, why wasn't Will Smith arrested? So the United States is one of the most carceral countries in the world but uh, generally you have to press charges well no you can't the state can go ahead and press charges without the victim but especially in california because the jails are so full a lot of shit slides unless people actually want to pursue a case yeah so and part of that is because like it's so over policed and the jails are so clogged so a lot of people always talk about like lax laws in california or lax things on celebrities and it's not that that's not true but also california's laws in some respects have started to be really lax because of the fact that they were so carceral at one point that they basically overflowed the prisons and they don't have the bandwidth and capacity to police as heavily as they used to sorry our prisons are full of people with minor drug charges we can't imprison people for actual assault it was minor drug charges and they used to have like the three strikes law which is that if you committed three felonies you went into jail for life do you like, think be... that will smith should be imprisoned really really carceral in california so like they kind of reversed a lot of that stuff back but because he's a celebrity he definitely obviously gets privileges over other ones but in general that's just my cultural reference point between the uk and the united states that yes in most cases they can proceed without a victim's compliance but it's just a matter of do they want to do the paperwork is it worth it and then also are they likely to get a conviction same thing with cops they're always like <laughs> our legal system is great uh, our justice system is great so the cops are always sort of weighing the options when it comes to minor incidents like that which it is minor right he didn't hurt the guy he's still standing there's no like permanent damage he slapped him it's humiliating but it wasn't like he hurt him any type of significant way yeah this episode is sponsored by anna luisa jewelry that's a-n-a-l-u isa hey queens mother was comparing by going to shop.analuisa.com forward slash female dating and treat her to new jewelry pieces with analuisa's buy one get one 40 percent off sale that's a-n-a-l-u-i-s-a that'll be one piece for her and one piece for you the other point that I really did not like around this narrative was comparing Will Smith to a domestic abuser. Like a few, you know, feminists that I do actually really respect on Twitter were saying stuff like, oh, you know, if this is how he's like in public, imagine what he's like in private kind of thing, like inviting people to assume that he's probably, that he potentially like- Oh, he, he hits her too? And closed doors. And I really did not like that. I think that domestic abuse and abuse is a pattern of degrading and coercive behaviors that's intended to like intimidate the victim into compliance i did not get the impression that will smith was doing this to control or intimidate jada i saw this as just like a you know i feel emasculated i want to go out there and feel like a man kind of thing right but i don't get the impression that it was like not all violence is abusive and not all abuse is even violent like a lot of abusers are you know rely on emotional abuse or, i mean, i'd like to uh, hope that they talk about the fact that he won the fucking oscar that night too we'll financial see. abuse financial control and so on right so i don't think that's like a fair comparison i don't know what you thought about that savannah <laughs> yeah i agree with you on that little because I, I still think it's a personal beef between chris and will yeah like in fact i'm convinced of that i think obviously the other things that have been going on in the media with will smith people making fun of the entanglement and people asking them pretty inappropriate questions about their marriage and stuff like there's a pretty um there's a viral video of laverne cox making an entanglement joke to them at a previous engagement on the red carpet did they get slapped <laughs> <Joking. laughs> no i don't think so it's she not they or maybe it is they. but but will smith has been holding it in for years right he's <laughs> Holding it. So it could be a culmination of him drawing a boundary because of a lot of people trying and testing the entire situation after they talked about it. But I also think it was a personal beef between Will Smith and Chris Rock. So I feel like everyone else who tried to jump in and create a narrative to somehow include themselves in it, like, we're, like, yeah, go on your whole rant. We recorded this already for FPS, but please go on the whole rant about how everyone was making it about themselves because I love that rant. Yeah. So it was frustrating because I was listening into a bunch of spaces and just like looking at what was happening on Twitter. And I feel like two things simultaneously happened where there's a bunch of people who, because they like to look like they're quote unquote right on Twitter, started condemning Will 
like Rhea Shriver came out and said, violence is never the answer. I'm like, like what do you have to do with any of this yeah. shit? Like, mm. like Rhea Shriver and then uh, Judd Apatow, uh, who wasn't at the Academy Awards, like he could have killed him. Goes on Twitter and is like, he could have killed Chris Rock and starts talking about like this. He has a history of violence and then saying that he was like unhinged and murderous. And then like uh, Bette Midler comes in and starts dragging Will Smith. So there's like this entire, first of all, it's just like the Hollywood like uh, old guard coming in and trying to really, really antagonize the entire situation and like publicly condemn and virtue signal Will Smith. It also just seems low-key kind of racist, but I don't know. That's not my place. They're to- both black. What are you talking about? Racist? Yeah, it's just, okay, that was going to be yeah. my second point. Now, what happened because of that is, because not that they shouldn't have been upset that he slapped someone but it was like the language surrounding it started to feel very uh like on that line of feeling very very racist to black twitter so black twitter goes the fuck off right and starts like talking i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i loved every minute of that but my favorite one was jim carrey condemning will smith like this was the worst moment at an award show ever kind of thing and then someone quote retweeted that with a video of him forcibly i mean it was not the worst moment at an award show pretty much every other moment was it's probably the best saying alicia silverstone at another award show and being like you sexually with the caption you sexually assaulted alicia silverstone on stage yeah so all the people that were criticizing will smith had all of their skeletons dragged out of the closet like zoe kravitz for example made some passive aggressive comments about it too and people were calling her a predator because she was apparently hitting on jaden smith when he was like 14 which again gross weird yeah okay you're like 10 years older than him you're a grown woman he's a 14 year old boy and he wasn't even that hot when he was 14 so it's just fucking weird of you to be hitting on him when he's that young i don't know and then judd apatow why are you commenting on the hotness of a 14 year old also very famously kept hiring james franco is like a mass rapist or like serial rapist not even just that but apparently he assaulted busy phillips on set like actually fought her and she's talked about this in interviews on a set of one of his movies yeah so me reading like the white twitter celebrities talking about this it's like violence is never the answer when a black person uses it like that's kind of the like vibe that i kind of got so but again i'm like pro-violent so maybe that's just why like it, it went from just like i think <laughs> it would be fine if they just sort of condemned it but it went from like they're being like hysterical about it okay this is not a good idea it's like will smith i mean like- look this wasn't like uh a fight at maybe to reference the boxing match last night where meek mill like this is not a fight this is on the oscars they, they slapped the guy who is hosting the Oscars. This wasn't like a tussle backstage. An unhinged maniac, right? And I'm like, no, he's not, right? That is very unhinged to do that, knowing that, you know, the amount of people who are watching like, that. He's just like, thousands he's just a guy of people. who had a moment, and it feels like they didn't want to extend the grace to Will Smith that they would have for a white celebrity, and also if his wife had been white. And that's when, like, black Twitter starts. To- okay, if you think for even one moment that a white celebrity would have walked up and slapped Chris Rock and would have even a semblance of a career. That person, if you're a white guy and you went slap Chris Rock, that's it. That is lights out. I don't care who the fuck you are. To come in and gets really, really pissed off and offended and starts talking about like, why is everybody offended when someone defends black women? And then also, uh, why are people trying to like, comfort Will Smith like they don't have all their own skeletons in their closet? Like this is very, very disproportional Mm. to what actually happened. Mm -hmm. So Black Twitter starts to get defensive because they're like, we're not going to let you cancel Will Smith. He's been like fucking perfect for probably his entire career. Almost his entire career except for this one moment. Yeah. Right, right. When he got an Oscar, right? 20 minutes before he won the greatest achievement in film. He just has a really like you know low point in his career, and once again, you know, it could be a culmination of everything that's happened over the past you know year or so because of the entanglement thing. It could be just personal beef with Chris Rock. But so anyway, so like Black Twitter reacts against that, and then the other thing too that started to come out was all the other people started making it about themselves, such that it started to antagonize Black Twitter even more. So people were coming out, like right wing Twitter was coming out and saying, "Well, what if uh, Will Smith had been a white man and he slapped Chris Rock? Then they'd be calling Correct. this a hate crime and like making their two cents on it." Then you had yeah, like the would. trans community being like, "This is why words are violence, and you guys don't take Dave Chappelle seriously enough." And you know, this is why trans consider words to be. Uh, violent etc then you had people that were talking about alopecia and then like talking about how alopecia doesn't get like it's not a funny condition and people shouldn't make fun of it then you had people that were kind of on Lilith's side and that was a, a, an interesting coalition <laughs> an interesting coalition <laughs> who were like men because it was like men and women who were like it's you should if you're a man and you're a man of honor you should defend your family and you shouldn't like tolerate anybody disrespecting your wife i want to talk about the concept of honor-based violence well let's get back to it you should defend your wife etc and so you had all these different factions kind of coming into these like individual circles and then you had the, like this is uh, indicative that he's a domestic violence abuser and a lot of that was coming from like white feminists and that's why like white feminists started to get dragged Ugh, right like why are white 
definitely. women making this about themselves, right? <laughs> Except for the like, ones on this podcast. Like this course. is a beef between two guys, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's been sort of interesting because I'm just not sure exactly why everyone feels the need to make a specific beef between these two guys about themselves. Like I kind of understand what happened with Black Twitter where they got a little bit reactionary between all of the like stuff that was coming out of other parts of Twitter, especially the things that seemed like it was overly harsh. And then top of it, like them sort of ignoring their own skeletons in their closet. But I just don't get like why people aren't looking at this as like its own little thing rather than a larger cultural problem. And I, the only reason I can think of the reason people are doing it is because they're specifically Black. Because I'm like, if it'd been like Ricky Gervais and I don't know, Robert Downey Jr. or something, people would still be really, really shocked. But would they be making like, would they just be like Robert Downey Jr. had a messed up moment and I hope him, I hope he does well? They'd probably be like, oh, he was probably on drugs. Oh, his mental illness, blah, 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 kind of thing. But they also, it seems like they would have more no. sympathy. <laughs> but also, they I would think, not have sympathy. I mean, let's be real. It happened because like the reason why people, I guess, make about themselves and extrapolate and comment is because it happened at the Oscars. If it happened backstage, like nobody would really care. It would have just been like perhaps a footnote in a gossip magazine. But it happened on stage in, you know, the Oscars. And, you know, context matters. It's huge. Like, and you don't see stuff like that. People slapping comedians for making jokes. Like, you just don't. So that's partly why. I know. I think it's definitely because it was at the Oscars that it became a thing. But it's like, like Lil said, Obviously. some of that seems like it was the perception of Jada. Like if it had been a person who they felt was like more worthy of respect or defending, would they have understood it more? If it was someone making fun of like Angelina Jolie getting like breast cancer or having like a double mastectomy or something. And like, say, for example, not the same thing at all. Chris Rock would never do that. Alternate universe, a white comedian makes fun, like say Ricky Gervais makes fun of Angelina Jolie for getting like a double mastectomy and Brad Pitt goes up and slaps him. Like, how would that reaction have gone down? I feel like people would have been defending Brad Pitt in that situation. It's not the same. Or more likely to defend him in that situation. Mm. Brad Pitt has gotten, like, up in people's face and slapped people. If I'm not mistaken, he actually did fight Harvey Weinstein. Like, actually physically got in his face, if not slapped him, over Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. But that wasn't on camera, right? <laughs> oh, true. I wish there was a video of that. Brad Pitt's known to get gully from time to time, too, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> so, yeah. But then again, that, you know, I guess that situation was, I think Gwyneth Paltrow said that half... Did she use the term gully? Weinstein had sexually assaulted her or harassed her. That was like an actual physical threat as well. And it was off camera. I mean, if you believe the, the story that Chris Rock's been an incel pining after Jada Pinkett for probably two decades, then you could also see that being the case like bruh like just stop talking about my wife you creepy ass clown because he's always like Chris Rock is an incel now talking about it right and I agree with that stance as well yeah that's also my stance (laughs) yeah and the other thing too that was interesting is like a lot of people noted that like people went to check on Will first (laughs) true (laughs) more so than Chris Rock and people did say that Chris Rock like people checked on him as well and he looked really really upset like my sister went to to one of his like shows recently actually not recently but he did a show recently and like when he came out they gave him like a standing ovation for like 10 minutes and he looked like like visibly like really emotional because the other side to this thing is like Chris Rock has been very very open about his experience of being beaten up, attacked, like sexually assaulted by, by bullies in school. And even when he became a really big celebrity, he was still getting jumped and beaten up as well. So yeah, there's just a lot of layers. And ultimately, like, you know, I guess I'm coming at this from an angle that the reason why, like, I guess, okay to defend this is because like, Will Smith is a celebrity. If, if he was an average Joe, then he would probably be looking at like a criminal charge in a criminal case would become, and would become a felon. Because ultimately, Jada wasn't under any threats. Like she wasn't under any physical threat. And you can go around slapping people for saying words, but that will land you in prison eventually. So I guess that's the angle I was coming at it from is that, I mean, celebrity double standards exist for a reason, but like when the average person and was saying, yeah, I'd love it if my partner did that. I was like, I really wouldn't because I'm not dating a prisoner. So if you did that and went to prison, you were on your prisoner? own. <laughs> Period. That's the thing. I would want a man to defend my honor. I don't think he should have handled it that way. Because yes, I agree with Savannah. We're like, he should have handled it some other way that wouldn't have made him a felon in any other circumstance. But ultimately, what I'm saying though is that the reason why he can do that is because he's. I mean, why didn't, like, Will Smith could have just heckled the shit out of Chris Rock? Like, that's how you deal with a comedian. No, I don't want to tell, but you know, it's like, you just start heckling him. Smith, like... Although he'd probably get owned by Chris It doesn't apply to the rest, like, to most people. Like, it's not, like, if you got up on stage and slapped somebody, it's not that you'll be able to sit back down and then the Academy gave him a weak-ass bullshit, you know, thing saying, we asked him to leave and he refused. Do you not have security? Like, if that was anyone else, it's bullshit. Even that's debatable, because the rumor was, like, they said that to cover their ass. Because people were like, why did you kick him out? (laughs) It's bullshit, because... And also, they've got security. Like, if, say, a random person jumped the stage, they would get security to throw them out. Like, you know, you've got the biggest Hollywood stars in the world in one room, and you and you can't force... No random people at the Oscars. ...to be remove somebody, like, who's been 
and violent. Yeah, but imagine calling security on Will Smith and how bad those optics would be. Right before he was going to win, win an Oscar. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, but it's just like, but like, why say it then if it was going to be bad optics? They said, we asked him to leave and he didn't. They didn't. Time stamping scrote says, play their comment about a 14 year old at one time speed. I don't know. I even know when that happened. Ask him to leave. Like, they're just saying that. Yeah, they're just, that's what I'm saying. And it seemed like the institution came down on Will Smith so hard and everyone's like, he's a maniac. He should have. I can't do that to people. I can't be forcing people to listen to more of this podcast than is necessary. been arrested right away. And I'm sure that in the confusion of the moment, because remember, people thought it was a joke, even in the live broadcast, the gravity of it probably didn't hit people for a while, right? Yeah, that's actually the other thing is when I saw the video first, I thought it was staged. I thought this was like, a, oh, the Oscars, they have low ratings for the past few years. So, oh, let's have a, some slapstick comedy, you know, have Will Smith go up and slap Chris Rock kind of thing, right? And then I was like, okay, but if this actually happened for real, that would be hot as fuck. I would love it if my men did that for me. So then I want to respond to your sort of the class based analysis, actually, because I agree with that. Yeah, two multimillionaires slapping each other on stage or one slapping the other on stage. You know, if you're extremely wealthy, and even if he was charged, he has the money to afford like the best lawyers, probably would get off even if there were charges pressed. And honestly, it depends though. And he can afford to settle as well. Like he can just give Chris Rock if he wanted to $20 million and go away. Yeah. And so uh, more importantly, Chris Rock is such a G that he could have done that. And he goes, you know what? I'm just not going to do that person would not be able to get away with that. But also I'm saying like, honestly, in most jurisdictions, they're not arresting a guy over a slap. Yeah, true. It's probably technically legal, but if like, honestly, if cops wasted their time on that, the prisons would be clogged. And like, while I'm saying that he shouldn't have done that, and if a cop was a particularly hard ass, he definitely could have pressed charges, right? But I'm just saying, I doubt in most places, it would have risen to the level of that person doing prison time, unless the cop had a vendetta or the person had a vendetta and they really wanted charges pressed. But, but also, I don't think you have to actually, I mean, it can be a suspended sentence, but then that's still a criminal record as well. Man, the cops in Canada, especially in like rural areas, are so bad when it comes to this. Like, I know some people where they called the cops because someone was like on their property trying to rob them and stuff. And then the cops came and then they were like, ma'am, have you been drinking? And then threatened to arrest her for drinking on her own fucking property. Like, <laughs> like what, what, right? Like that, that kind of stuff, right? So the, the cops in Canada are so fucking shit about that. They have the most stupid priorities on earth. Like, you know, a woman can be literally raped and they're like lazy. It's just straight up they don't want to do the paperwork that's, and shit. Because the person who actually true. had their car broken into and had like much worse crimes happen to them and had the police basically shrug they're not going to give a fuck about a slap like for the most of the time <laughs> i mean but the difference is i mean i guess it's a false equivalent in a way because the slap was recorded but you know let's just say that the situation you know it was a party and it was recorded then yes i mean but if it wasn't it'll just be he said she said but if they have evidence to prosecute they can and they will even if it was recorded i'm telling i don't know i don't know how it is in the uk i feel like everyone has much more belief in their police and their ability and a desire to prosecute crimes <laughs> <laughs> it's like even if it was recorded and you have evidence they're going to be like they're basically going to try to mediate the situation and be like all right go home and then like leave it alone like they're not going to arrest somebody over it like if there's no damage they'll ask you do you want to go yeah, to the hospital slap. they'll ask you like oh is there any damage and if there's nothing like that they're gonna be like okay and then leave like <laughs> i mean the thing is i was told this by police officers and the reason why they do this in the uk is because we, we get it you hang out with police officers savannah recently the police has come back to blue blue lives matter i get it savannah a lot of scrutiny so you know let's say this happened between two normal people and the situation escalated the first thing people will say is why didn't the police do anything after the first slap so that's the reason why they said they would you know look to arrest because if the situation then gets worse people then look at them and say why didn't you do anything okay i have a funny story for you i want to that's related to what you just said so i don't want to dock myself so i'm going to try to not say too many details of this story but basically my family has been feuding with another family in this small farming town going back like generations like this feud goes back to my grandparents time okay so what is this ah, like not really I'm about to cry, guys. We're, we're really, almost done. Kind of, but Tendo basically, it. it goes back like decades. Thanks, everybody, for uh, sticking with this. Y'all are mentally tough people and every time they call the police or try to and the reason why people have to use their own like sort of like vigilante justice and maybe this explains why my morals are the way that they are is because of how <laughs> fucking useless the police are like in a recent incident the, the neighbors so, so these are two farming families they have like uh, they share a border um so they're like right next to each other and so the neighbors of my relatives there's security footage of them going onto the farm and stealing a bunch of their shit like literally showing up with a forklift lifting a shed off of the ground and then leaving with it stole a shed they stole an entire shed 
the shed was on their property and then my relatives called the police they had the security footage of them stealing a whole fucking shed with all the equipment in it and everything and the shed was still currently on their land they have the receipts for the, the fact that they own the equipment in there and the police still didn't do anything they were like this is a civil matter you can sue each other and they were like but this is literal theft we have a video of this happening they came onto our property they stole a bunch of our shit the police were like this is a civil matter you know you can sue them in court kind of thing and so that's kind of like where it is right and so legally incorrect but yeah <laughs> let's work for them though so I always just remember that like they're gonna take savannah them knows that's incorrect because she hangs out with so many cops at the least resistance <laughs> Not even least resistance, it's just the least work, right? The police are, understand the police are fundamentally fucking lazy, okay? And they'll be like, oh, this is for you to sort out with each other. But the thing is, the courts are also, in that area, the courts are also sort of like biased a little bit against my family because, again, there's like one judge and like they all fucking know each other, right? So I won't say what happened, but let's just say my family had to take matters in their own hands. <laughs> Another case, here's actually what started the whole feud. Well, and to be fair, a lot of people in the comments were talking about, because it's very similar in the South, right? Like in the United States, in places that are more rural, that having to, one, that's why they have such a large uh, gun culture, but also like not necessarily being able to rely on the justice system or the police when it comes to petty crimes. Gotta just take don't have justice in your own hands, am I right? With or desire. My relatives made a whole folder with like, you know, and they brought like an SD card with like the security footage, everything. They had like receipts, everything to prove that this would be a slam dunk case if they decided to prosecute. And they just fucking didn't. They just didn't want to, right? And so again, maybe this is why my morality is, why this I'm pro vigilante justice is because this is why you find it so hot makes your pussy so moist when two dudes beat the shit out of each other oh you know private citizens shouldn't take matters in their own hands we live in a country with the rule of law let the courts decide it like ultimately if the police choose not to do their job i that's why i think that yeah sometimes it is not only morally acceptable but actually necessary for private citizens to take matters into their own hands and so yeah i don't know how that that doesn't really have anything to do with the chris rock situation i just wanted to say that's why (laughs) pro-violence i mean it's a good story i mean it's essentially essentially kind of what i'm saying is that people overblowing that slap as if it's like first of all akin to murder or like that it's indicative that will some is some violent maniac or that will should be prosecuted and put in jail for it are kind of delusional to me i feel like that was way 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 overblown for one what happened I mean, these chicks yeah. calling anybody delusional is fucking next level granted people next see level it, but everyone acting like they were personally like you have to be a white person living in a city to think that that deserves prosecution okay like that yeah exactly that's what it feels like it feels like it's gonna be really out of touch <laughs> really out of touch Lights. privileged uh carceral type hollywood white people white? <laughs> like coming down on will smith as if this is the most insane violent thing they've ever seen maybe it is for them right maybe that is the worst thing that's happened for them like yeah but it's not they've been like they've been but more horrific people like rem and Polanski at the oscars oh my god that's the other thing is like the hypocrisy of that literal is fucking rapists definitely. and pedophiles in the ranks of the academy that are celebrated and they're choosing to come down on will smith for a in my opinion very justified slap come on like i mean i still don't agree with what will smith said but to be honest i like i said at the beginning of the episode everything i've heard about will smith and Dana's relationship has been against my will and quite frankly <laughs> i think it sounds like an awful relationship to be in i don't rate them at all and i'd just rather not just hear about it all the time even her alopecia i didn't actually know she had it um, and she rocks the bold look really really well and, and and that's definitely perhaps a future episode about around the politics of black women's hair because i can definitely see why especially black women felt the slap was justified um, but that's a whole other episode but yeah will smith and Dana as a couple i just can't bring myself to care about them personally yeah that's true i think their relationship is kind of weird but it's not really my place to judge but it seems very very dysfunctional ultimately i think honestly. what does this have to this is like uh, honestly i feel like the, the person who's been mentioned the least in this whole thing is chris rock yeah, for that, so. i think it was fun i think ricky gervais has been mentioned more than chris rock in this and episode. then she started talking about their difficulties and then you know how sometimes when like just twitter or people get a hold of a narrative they start to create like an, a toxic environment so obviously i think the open relationship time stamp stamp scroll says this is their lowest value episode and honestly i might concur with you it might be and I'm almost getting divorced was part of it but it's at the same time there. it seems like when they were talking about these things they were talking about them in the past sense that they had somehow like worked out an agreement and they seem more or less cool with each other right and clearly he still loves his wife enough to be slapping people over it right and i think that's cute <laughs> to me i feel like the narrative has just gotten out of control and the narrative got out of i think that's cute 
hand. And part of it is because of uh, people, part of it I think is because of sexism and people just not liking Jada and not liking the fact that she exercised her right to be with someone else in a relationship that was essentially over. Then like trying to make her into this like succubus, etc. Trying to cuck Will repeatedly because of him not being someone like Tupac. So a lot I of- I mean, it, he is getting cucked repeatedly. That's like a dynamic of their relationship. Has to do with, like, I think, sexist politics while their relationship and the dynamics of it have like become so contentious with everybody. Because again, I feel like, yeah, like you said at the beginning of the episode, it's like mentioned all the time. People seem to be ignoring the fact that Will Smith also had girlfriends and also was like really publicly slobbering all over some of his co-stars on the red carpet to the point where I do remember tabloid media even asking like Jada if she was cool with it and she was just like yeah they're just friends or something like that but like you know the sexism revolving around that and then you put in something as public as that slap in a public venue at a really uptight you know formal ceremony posh yeah Mm-hmm. And then oh, you add racial posh. politics into posh. it, and then you add like the weird Hollywood posturing to be on the morally correct side, and now you have this big ass mess where everyone's. So what is there even? So they're just basically Will Smith did nothing wrong. Trying to pull their own take from like. it, make themselves into the victim, overblow everything that happened. And Look, can- there's one victim here. Chris Rock. And see the divide both racially, but now also class, like you said, Lilith, because of the fact that I feel like people who live in places where that probably wouldn't even, that, like, they wouldn't even call the cops over that. So when people are like, he should have been snatched off. They didn't call the cops. The cops were not called over this. The stage and immediately put in prison. Yeah, no. Yeah. Way worse shit happens in rural areas. And then other people being sensitive to the optics of putting a black man in handcuffs at the Oscars, right? Like, that's also the optics of that. Like, there's so many places of that. So you're seeing, like, a class divide, a race divide. And- I mean, the optics, the thing that people would be so crazy, it's not that a black man getting put in cuffs at the Oscars, it would be that that black man is will smith getting arrested at the oscars yeah that'd be then a, a gender jarring. divide right the people are like will smith's a cuck and his if, uh, you, i couldn't let my wife if somebody else would be with him and that's also like red pill twitter you know whatever twisting the knife and trying to make uh this situation worse so i don't know i, I guess i can kind of see how the splits have come down because it's hit all of the like cultural touch points between race class and sex but mm. the question is then like isn't just like these people right relationship and like why is everyone making it once again about themselves so i don't know yeah just to wrap up can i just have a couple of minutes to talk Please about honor based violence <laughs> sure because I've been dying to talk about that. Okay. So, okay. One of the responses criticizing me on Twitter was like, I said like, oh, I think it would be so hot if my man defended my honor like that. And then a bunch of comments were saying like, oh, so you think that honor-based violence is okay? Like, this is the same logic as, you know, men who throw acid in women's faces because she dishonored him or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, no, it's not the same. The problem with honor-based violence under patriarchy, in my opinion, uh, is the fact that men will do violence against women because women do something that he sees as an affront on his honor, right? And so I think that a man fighting another man because the other man dishonored his woman is less is not as bad. It's a totally different moral thing to me. I think that like I only really have a problem with male violence against women. Like male on male violence, I'm kind of like meh, unless it's like a child or a disabled person or something like that. Obviously, that's not okay. That's abuse. But like this sort of like schism on Radfem Twitter, where like normal Radfems think we must eradicate male violence, and then there's the black pillars who think that male violence is like biological, impossible to overcome, and that male violence can never be eradicated, and that the only solution is for women to separate from men. I sort of agree with both stances in a weird way, where I think that. I do think that men are biologically more violent than women. That's just true in like all species. The females are capable of violence as well, but because of testosterone and so on, like males are more violent than females in basically every species on earth. So I think it's a little bit unrealistic to eradicate male violence in humans. And they're more likely to be aggressors, right? They're more likely to be aggressors. Exactly. Like female animals will like, will use violence. Which Lilith, you like that. Remember you're, their offspring especially like i saw you know a chicken like kill and eat a snake because it was attacking her chicks i've seen female horses for example stomp on coyotes because they were affecting their or the coyote or whatever was like threatening her babies so yeah male animals are much more likely to be aggressors towards both females and males of their own species and other species and so that's why i think that it's a little bit unrealistic to totally eradicate male violence i think we need to redirect male violence in a more pro-female way so i think that for example rape pedophiles abusers, and by the way we're not talking about chris rock anymore that's like that topic of conversation is long did we ever talk about saying that like the solution to male violence is more male violence but we need to direct the male violence towards violent men or men who are violent towards women 
right? I see this all the time, like men being like, oh, like gladiators. Men can't be men anymore. Oh, we have to like suppress our like natural violent tendencies what and is, like we need to be able to kill other men for mental health. Kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, here's my solution to this: is that pedophiles, rapists, men who kill women, men who kill children, all of those like really shitty guys who are destructive to society, those are morally justifiable targets of male violence, in my opinion. You even see this like when, for example, a man like kills a pedophile that like molested his kid or whatever, right? You know, he's celebrated as like a hero. Oh, free him! He doesn't deserve to go to jail. That kind of stuff. Whereas when a woman kills a man who raped her, it's seen as like, oh, she's horrible. Like she just, you know, she's lying. Like she's seen as this like evil, like succubus type person, right? Although that's really unfair and that's based in misogyny. I still think that like men are valuable, like expendable soldiers in the fight against male violence, basically. I think that like if, if we let men kill pedophiles and say like, oh, you can be a hero if you kill pedophiles, if you kill rapists and stuff, I think men would go for that. Yeah, it's like redirecting male violence. And then a lot of women feel like what? men protecting them is a privilege. And that's kind of the conversation that was happening on Black Twitter too, that like black women haven't historically been able to enjoy chivalry, right? Or the idea of chivalry that a man would stand up for them against other aggressors because of the legacy of slavery. So there's some people that would agree with you. I mean, I think it's tough because like the question is like, if you start to allow male violence, how do you keep women in control of that situation and keep them listening to us? I think by social praise and social condemnation is very powerful. There's even literal abusers for example, like men who actually physically beat their wives, they do that behind closed doors because they know that it's not socially acceptable. And they, they'll try to hide it. You know, if a woman shows up to work with it's a black It's also house, illegal. She'll be like, oh, I fell down the stairs or something like that, right? So we already live in a cultural context where men hitting women isn't socially acceptable. But then, you know, there's like... I mean, that's in the West. In other cultures, like African cultures, that's definitely absolutely not the case. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, there are certain cultures where, oh, if a woman is like disobedient to her man, that's again, relating it back to like honor-based killing. This is where I feel like I get the... Like, now you've explained it more because I initially disagreed on Twitter. I get where you're coming from, but this could actually make things a whole lot worse for women in societies where it's acceptable to abuse your wife and there are many many of them openly abuse your wife so that's going to be much more difficult because again, i honestly don't even know what they're talking and the about social anyway. context is different so that, that's a much more uphill battle whereas i think like in the west for example where male violence against women is more or less socially condemned there's a lot of like violent like rape myths like oh you know if she deserved it then she deserves violence like so even in the west there is that the case but there are certain male what? violence perp perpetrators where it is pretty black and white like full-on like rapists pedophiles men who kill women that kind of stuff but even other cultures like if a woman is raped in certain part of the world like you know she gets stoned to death it's gonna be more difficult to shift in these cultures but i think that that's what needs to happen is we need to change the social norms around male instead of trying to eradicate or suppress male violence we need to change the social norms around when it is acceptable to use and i think that we need to pull an uno reverse card on rapists basically that's my stance yeah perhaps this could be like rapists are bad that's my stance for a different um, episode because i think it's a really interesting proposal but it's just how can we make it so that it doesn't end up worse for women because like, my argument was is that the law of male violence or like my law of male violence is that it tends to go to the weakest person and if a man can't take out his aggression on other men for whatever reason you know women will end up being collateral damage and we see this in things like the slaves you know when the black slaves when the black male slaves were abused sexually abused and physically abused by the slave masters you know those slaves then went and abused black women so black women actually getting it on two fronts both from the white slave masters and the black slaves as well because black men didn't have an outlet to let out their aggression or i don't know perhaps it could work in like the west i'd be interested to see how that works but in other countries around the world i don't know i'm not what sure works? i mean that's tough because it's in the context of slavery right whereas like again that's what i mean about we need to change the social norms around when violence is acceptable because like, when haiti had their whole about? independence movement didn't they go out and like kill a bunch of slave masters that's an acceptable form of male violence to me okay like basically i think we need to change the social norms such that obviously using... yes an acceptable form of male violence is when the allies were killing nazis yes that's an acceptable form of male violence what are you talking violence, about like a man using violence against a man who's a shitty person who deserves it or using violence against your oppressors because i also subscribe to the liberation comes from the barrel of a gun moral philosophy like we need to change the norm such that punching down is seen as repugnant and the only acceptable forms of violence is punching up you know what i mean yeah it's yeah, just how we do that without women becoming collateral damage that's the question that i have because i'm not convinced that even if we do do that that women still won't be caught up you know yes only men should be collateral damage somehow because women just don't have you know like as of yet the social power or capital to enforce consequences for men
One more from the time stamping scrote. These girls drone on like grandpa from Simpsons. Yeah, they're clucking hens. That's what the hens are for. And I think they deserve harsh social punishment. Like men who punch down like that, I basically want to get to a point where men like Brock Turner, for example, or men who are violent women, I want them to be begging for a longer jail sentence because they know that what's waiting for them when they get out is much more terrifying than what's in actual prison. I'm not kidding. It's more about the psychological impact These on the male. These chicks all fucking went and rubbed one out right after this episode. This got them fired. You know how like there used to be all these fairy tales about like Baba Yaga or even like my namesake Lilith is like a demon who would go out and like kill men who had boners at night or some shit, right? Like so we used to have what? all these you know myths around. I mean Lilith is definitely killing some boners in this fucking chat right now. You know people doing shitty moral things and then getting eaten by a demon or something like that. I think we need to perpetuate like almost like a sort of mythology around like if you as a man go out and hit a woman or kill a woman or do shitty things to women, uh, you deserve to get snatched up by a demon or a vigilante group of female assassins. But yeah, it's more about like a deterrent. Like I want men who are violent to women to fear consequences and women, you know, we're a lot less violent than men. I don't think women are incapable of violence. It's just that the consequences for us are much higher. And that's why I think men should be the ones to take the fall because men who kill rapists, men who kill pedophiles and so on, they're celebrated as heroes. Women who do the same thing are harshly punished. And I think that women shouldn't have to face those kinds of consequences. I would much rather men either face those consequences or take that kind of risk. But again, like reputational damage, women have much more power to enforce social consequences, particularly in the West by like, you know, social exclusion, reputational damage, joining forces, other women to, you know, get men fired, that kind of stuff. Right. So I think that Social and political and, like the current cultural conditions what? I feel are very favorable. I got another super chat. Oh, yeah. We'll uh, do this sort of social and moral shit, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Sorry, this is a long, <laughs> long tangent, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a good discussion. So I don't know. Let us know what you guys think on this episode about the two positions that Savannah and Lilith have presented about when and where to use male violence to defend women and like the merits of that. And if you have any comments on any other oh. splits in the, this particular topic along the lines of sex, race, and class, because I also think that's what's influencing everyone's perception why why this has probably become really weirdly contentious between a bunch of groups that maybe it shouldn't be. So that's our show. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, as well as our... Thank the fucking Lord that was over. By the way, I don't fault you. My, I said this at the beginning that my my intuition was to skip that episode. You all voted... And I'm not an authoritarian, so I abide by the will of the people. The vote was to not skip that episode. That was, in hindsight, such a skip. That was, and I, we paid for it. We really paid for not skipping that. So if you voted uh, not to skip, um, this is fucking on you, because that was a nightmare of an episode. I don't even know what, I don't, if you told me right now, sum up what they talked about on the episode, I'm like, I don't know, they... They get off on dudes punching each other, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I feel sicker. I feel like I have a fever now. I came in with just a mild cold. I, I must have a 100-degree fever, 105 or something. It's it's bad. It's bad, but it's over. It's over now. Uh, someone mentioned something about Andrew Tate. We should be pretty close to them finding out about Andrew Tate because this is from nine months, eight months ago, this episode. So we should be coming up on... Uh, on the old Tate-ster. Um, that's been the episode. I physically, mentally cannot do anymore. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining me. If you like to support the show, please consider doing so. Patreon.com slash LowValueMail, LowValueMail.Locals.com. Hit the join button. Become a scrote. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday night with an all-new episode of Low Value Mail at 9 p.m. As always, Wednesday night, a new episode of The Bathhouse. Hopefully, it should be fine. That, that was probably a one-time deal. Have a lovely rest of your Sunday, everybody, and I will catch y'all very soon to all the scrotes, all the low-value male and males, females. Did I say whimales? All the negative value, the scrotes, all of you. Have a lovely Sunday. Have a great night. And our outro, provided by our friend Chad. 
light switch. Check it out. Out now. Night, everybody.